Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. My name is Ashton. Hey, guys. Hello. Hi. How are we doing? Sleepy. Yeah, I'm sleepy too. I'm all right. You're right. Yeah, Yeah. not too bad. Did you drive in this morning? Yeah. Okay. When did you arrive at the same? Yeah, and I nodded at you. Okay, I couldn't see you. (laughs) I thought there's no car, because I saw there's no car in the 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 spot, the Triple Jump spot. A communal spot that we all share. And and there's a black car coming towards me. Mm. I can't remember what Peter's car looks like. Right. I'm barely sure James's car is silver, and I think yours might be silver as well. Mm-hmm. The three of them share the spot. <laughs> we mm. all have assigned days. Um, and so this car was coming towards me, and I was trying to see in through the windscreen, but I couldn't because it was all reflective. Oh, yeah. And then I could see hands on the steering wheel, and I think I saw some fingers go. Right. I think I did do that. The, yeah, the little like sort of two fingers. Like, cheers, sort yeah. of little thing. And I was, and then I was. I couldn't I I couldn't double down. Mm. I felt too awkward. So right. I just sort of walked inside. And then thirty seconds later, you I arrived into and I was like, office. that must have been Peter. That was but I didn't want you to think that I was being rude. That, I, I didn't think you were being rude. I didn't think that <laughs> you, my colleague of five years, yeah. was ignoring me in the car park. <laughs> yeah. I thought he probably didn't see me. When there was no one else there. No, yeah. I couldn't. Yeah. It was too reflect the, I have this. It would have been worse sometimes. if you just like flipped him off. Yeah. Like, yeah. Get out of my flipping car park, man. <laughs> Who do you think you are? It happens a lot when you're like crossing the road and stuff and your car's the car slows down to let you go, mm. but you can't see in because the windscreen's got sunlight on it. Yeah. And you're like, it's awkward, isn't it? Do you know what I really hate in the what? morning is when I, I cross a road to go down a set of stairs near the office to get into work. Mm-hmm. And some people walk up that road to get to the stairs. And sometimes I see someone down the end of the road that is coming to work, but I like pretend I haven't seen them because I'm like, if I see them and I wave, it's going to be that awkward, like you're like two meters yeah, behind me. you have me. to wait for them. And then it's like, or... oh, so sometimes I just pretend I haven't seen them. And sometimes I don't. Uh, recently, James like had to tap me on the shoulder because I was so in the zone with with my music and he was literally right behind me and it would have been awkward if he wow. just appeared behind me when I I followed the you into the office yesterday. Did did you see me or yeah, were you ignoring me? Yeah, I saw you too you. and I ignored I ignored but you. But you were like far enough back where I didn't feel like I had to. It was open like the, twenty meters. No, that was fun. I wasn't expecting to hold the door, but I saw I you crossing you were the like road in my peripheral when I opened the door. And I and saw you was like, "That's Ashton Matthews." I'm not going to look at her too much because then I'm going to have to acknowledge. It's her that and, awkward like, thing, isn't it? We're like a bit too far away, but you've noticed each other. I'll see her in like two minutes. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, welcome anyway. to our video game podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Each and every week, we're sponsored by a very real video game adjacent uh, sponsor that helps us keep the lights on in this place. 
Uh, still no Dead Island 2. Is it, he's in my yeah. bathroom. Is he? Yeah. Oh my God. Ba- in your bathroom? In my bathroom over there. Over there. Oh, in the, in in the, this in room. the office, in not at home. No, right. in the I office. I thought you were like pointing to your house. No, 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 no. no. He's actually in, in the your... office. Oh. Yeah. The other day I found, found I spotted Peter coming out of my toilet without asking if he could oh, yeah. use it. And well, it's because someone was in the upstairs one. Yeah, but I was going about to use the downstairs one. You're lucky I, you were coming out at the right time or I'd have been upset. Oh, anyway. Okay. I don't just use it off like when, no, when the upstairs is empty. I'm Okay. Um, and then as I came out. I also out, do that all the time. And then as I came out, or as I went in, there was a spider crawling down the wall. And I thought, oh, I not only has Peter used my bathroom, but he's also left a spider he's, in he's here. Like your first spider <laughs> where I threw a spider at you <laughs> yeah, by accident. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I think Dead Island 2 is in there. Mm. And I'm too, I can't bring him through. I'm too scared to touch him. Oh, I'm, I'm he likes the that. toilet now. Um, well, I'm glad to hear that he's around. Hopefully he'll come back over here mm-hmm. at some point. Uh, I've got the ad read this week. Uh, on the day of recording, it is Star Wars Day. Yes. May, yes, the, may the fourth may the be with, fourth you, be with oh, you. May the fourth be with you all. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Mm. Now, Star Wars have uh, partnered up with Uber right. to sort of help promote uh, anti drink driving measures because May the 4th is an exciting day for Star Wars fans. They're all yeah. going to go get wasted. Notoriously. Yeah. Get white girl wasted yeah. in town. And then how are they going to get home? Drive? I don't think so, says Disney and Uber. Mm. So they've announced a new initiative. It's called Star Wars Jedi Cab Driver. Jedi Cab Driver. Yes. Yeah. Star Wars Jedi Cab Driver. Okay. And that that way you can get home from May the uh, May the Fourth celebrations in your local town, mm. and not have to drink and drive. Right. And are they re- like different from regular Uber drivers, or are they just regular Uber drivers? Every time that? you get into one, you can't hear each other think because it just goes. Did he play Kylo Ren? Cabin driver. He did. Yeah, he did actually. He was in both. He's very talented. No, that's not real. Uh, oh, but okay. you, Shocking. so you're all just going to have to drink and drive. Unfortunately, uh, by process, no. the logic no. dictates no. that Disney doesn't care no. whether you drink and drive. Don't or drink not. and drive. Uh, but we don't think you should. I'm just saying that Disney, Disney does. Disney is reason. actively not <laughs> taking measures right uh, to to ensure that you don't. So that's sad, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not sponsored by Star Wars Jedi Cab Driver. We're, of course, sponsored by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where for as little as $1 per month, you can submit questions to this podcast. There's loads of other tiers available as well. We want to address the question situation up Mm. front, actually, because Mm. we're going to change tact slightly, uh, and this will be reflected in the Patreon posts if you are supporting us on Patreon. Thank you so much. Uh, We've been doing this podcast for how many episodes now? 217 episodes. 217 episodes. We love to answer questions about the anecdotal stuff, the peripherals you grew up with. Uh, which genre of games would you recommend to someone who's never played them before? That kind of stuff. Like yeah. we, we, we love those questions. However, there are only so many permutations of those questions that we can answer before we start to repeat on In ourselves. Repeat on ourselves, like it's yeah. like it's a bad lunch that yes. we've had. Mm. Uh, yeah, we we do get asked some of the uh, questions that we've asked answered before um, quite a lot. So what we're going to do instead is we're going to now try something a little different. The big discussion, as you will probably be aware, is usually focused on like the biggest news story of the week or something that's happening in the world of games. But there's tons of other news stories that pop up every single week. So instead of 
We're not asking you to submit news stories to us, but rather ask us about more contemporary things that's happening in the news and the Topics. world of games. Mm. And then we will pick one of them to be the big discussion. But as such, as is the case this week, we're going to be dropping question three. And question three can come back in or out of rotation, depending on how much news is in any given week. Mm. We hope that makes sense. And stay tuned on Patreon. If you are supporting us on, on Patreon, thank you so much. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump, because we will now be requiring you to send us uh, interesting news questions so we can talk about the biggest things, what are happening. Mm. Does yes. that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you to our wonderful patrons. We love you all. Mm. It's time for question one. Dan Finn is a wonderful patron. Thank you, Dan, for asking question one. Mm. Uh, hey, Bappers, you may have seen the the recent trailer for a hyper-realistic FPS called Unrecord. Unrecord. Unre Bad name, isn't it? <laughs> yes. D-film. D yeah. Yes. Uh, it does look unbelievable, so much so that I'm skeptical that it's real. Have you seen the trailer, and what are your thoughts? There's a whole other conversation about the people calling for the game, if it is real, to be banned because it's too realistic. Keep doing what you're doing. Keys, keys, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Thank, Thank you, Dan. Dan. Um, Finn was also in Star Wars, wasn't he? He's yeah, a character. Yeah. He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, he, uh, It's real. That game is real. Yeah. Um, you can tell there are a few things that you can see in that actual trailer that give away the fact that it's real. Some of the lighting and... Stuff is occasionally a little bit like, oh, that's a bit, hmm, it's not quite. But it does look very, very realistic. Mm -hmm. And it's partly achieved by sort of the fisheye lens and some of the, uh, the just the, the animations and stuff. Like it's, it's a very well put together combination of lots of little tricks and stuff. Um, but as a follow up to that trailer, given that loads of people were in the comments saying, this isn't real, that's just a live action video. Uh, the developer said, it is real. Here's the environment. And he was like flying around it with free camera and then like pressing a, bu a button that just like dropped him into wherever he was in that place. So uh, it's been proven to be real, mm -hmm. at least in the sense that, you know, th there are still ways to make a trailer look perhaps more impressive than the game turns out to be. Mm -hmm. So it could be that like if and when this game comes out, it's like not quite what it appeared to be in that trailer. But that's something that's been a problem in the video games industry for decades now. You know, we've had all sorts of interesting, dodgy, like, vertical slices mm -hmm. where it's like, this is the game. And then you play it and it's not the game. Mm -hmm. But in terms of it being, you know, some people were literally just saying, is this live action video? No, it's not. It is based in a game engine uh, and a video game world. And you can see him flying around and stuff. Or her. I don't know. Um I don't know if you guys want to talk about the the calls for the game to be banned as well, but uh, did you see the trailer and yeah, think that it was realistic I looking? I think like if you didn't know, like you could probably if you if you just watched it and like gave it a cursory glance, you would be like, wow, that's that's real. Yeah, I didn't spot any of but, the actual like dot, like mm, the yeah. clues. I think there are, there's like things that if you're watching and you're if you're looking kind of to see yeah. like oh is this a video game or is it real same way like with most ai things nowadays you're like is this ai or is someone like painted a bad picture kind of vibes yeah. um i yeah it kind of like if you just glance at it or you were just watching it through the first time and just kind of like look at this footage i don't think you'd have any idea whether it was or wasn't yeah a video I game agree. Yeah. um but also it's not that realistic that it would have to be banned. Like if you can very easily prove by pointing out little bits that it's not real, then, you know, I don't think it needs to be banned. What a weird thing as well. 
ban this because it looks too real. It's like watching a movie and being like, this movie seems too real, ban it. I don't think it's because of how real it is. It's because of the subject matter of it being a, a body cam. Yeah. On, well, and like having the agency officer. to, because you could say, well, what about a live action, a, a film that's like really gory? Like, how is that mm. any different? Mm. Even if this, if we make games that look completely real, why should you ban those and not films? But it's it's being that person and having that control and running around and actually killing people yourself rather than watching John Wick do it. You mm. know, I think is is the argument to play devil's advocate. Yeah, I think it's. It, it looks incredible visually. Like, mm. it's really, really impressive. And I think, actually, our editor, Alex, pointed out something on, on Twitter um, that you can see when one of the bodies falls over, there's no shadow yeah. or something like Underneath that. Just it. just sort of little little clues like that. And in, in uh, addition to the developer showing the video, IGN apparently also independently verified it was real right. uh, by downloading the same Unreal 5 engine assets that we, okay. used, in, <laughs> that we used in the thing. Uh, I don't necessarily think that it should be banned however i do think it's kind of in poor taste um mm. you know given the spate of uh of police brutality that's going on all across the world and the truly upsetting body cam footage that is often released in the wake of those incidents i think it doesn't mean that you can't touch this area but it certainly seems that this game is just going to be you running around with a body cam shooting criminals and while you do that in a lot of games, I think the fact that it's being presented so realistically from this perspective, of course, it's going to raise eyebrows. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, people yeah. are going to take issue with it. I don't know if I feel that way about it, though. Like, I think, to me, the only comparison between the obviously horrible things that have happened recently mm. in, the, in the news is that it is from the body cam perspective. But the actual content of the game, like the people who you are attacking are shooting back at you kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. it's the the worst stories that we've heard from from body cam uh incidents over the past few years are the ones where like the police are completely overreaching to say the least you know mm -hmm. to put it mildly and you know uh people are even like outright complying or at least aren't shooting back or attacking you know mm -hmm. they might be struggling and resisting but uh you know uh, he in the in the trailer the guy the the police guy goes into the building and i think at first he sees someone sprint down a corridor and then almost immediately they start firing back at him and i think in in that sense it's i find it less offensive than i would obviously a, a game that depicted just outright police brutality against people who yeah, weren't of course, yeah. uh, returning fire but um yeah it's a sensitive issue and it being presented as body cam definitely is where you can maybe raise the eyebrow i guess yeah mm -hmm. I want to say something that people might get annoyed about. Right. Go on, Ashton. I thought it was cool that it like looked so real, but I found it incredibly boring. Oh, yeah. I was just about to say like, that. I don't think I, this looks like it's going to be a fun game. I, no, I wouldn't want to play it. I don't find that interesting at all. Like, Obviously, nowadays, we've got games that are very, very visually stunning. And you know you've, they've got realistic details of faces and facial expressions and foliage and that kind of thing. Beards. How beards? She's got a beard. Why is that woman got a beard? Why is why is the lady from Horizon? Why is she got so beard? hairy? <laughs> um, uh, and like those kind of games, like God of War or Horizon, for example, have a style that's not based in reality, and I find that so much more interesting than 
a hyper-realistic version of a world of which I live in and can go outside and see some graffiti if I wanted to. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I mean, I couldn't go around shooting criminals, but I could see some graffiti and walk into an abandoned building if I fancied. And I just found it boring. Yeah. Mm. Like, I was, like, impressed by it. If it was like, this is what Unreal Engine can do, here is a demo of what you can do with it, like the Matrix thing a little while ago. Mm. Like, cool, great. I'm I'm glad that games are moving to the point where this is something that can be done, but I'm not interested like in mm. that kind of thing. It's just not really my bag. I know some people love like, you know, a Call of Duty that looked that real. Yeah. But also if you're playing Call of Duty, you're again not really there for the visuals. You're there to shoot enemies and take down insurgents. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I just found it boring. Yeah. Like the vibe. Yeah. It's totally fair. I mean it's it's ultimately I think the reason it went so viral is because it's a tantalizing look at what's possible with yeah. Unreal mm-hmm. 5 and what games could possibly look look like. It's definitely struck me as a tech demo. Like, I'm not interested in playing a game like that. No. Looks, looks pretty tedious to yeah. me. Uh, there was, uh, I've got a screenshot here of some dialogue options where you're holding someone at gunpoint. And one of the options is, who are you? The other is, everything will be fine. The next one is, where is Oscar? And the last one is, you will pay. With an exclamation mark. You will pay. So I think at best it's going to be beautiful and rubbish mm. um, if if indeed this ever comes out. And, you know, it's an indie developer and I, like, I don't want to I don't want to plop all over this thing. But also I want to get people's expectations in check. Like just because it looks amazing doesn't mean it will be amazing. The, the two are not the same thing, uh, especially if. Uh, IGN were able to download the assets, the trade, the, yeah. the, the, the game. It's essentially an uses. asset flip. So, like, mm. the, you know, these are going to be a dime a dozen. You're going to get actual really good games. However, there's all, you know, there's that age old debate between photorealism and art direction. Like, mm. I think Star Wars Jedi Cab Driver is a beautiful game mm-hmm. and it looks fantastic. It's not photorealistic, though. No. And if it was photorealistic, it might actually be a bit boring yeah. to, to, to live in that world like yeah, I want it to be a bit fantastical um, well and also the argument not just um, art direction versus realism but just generally visuals versus narrative mm-hmm. or you know like yeah. it, a game can Con- content yeah exactly <laughs> it can look as good as anything but if it's boring or you know has really irritating characters yeah that makes all the difference yeah absolutely and then of course there's the the body cam perspective which is also part of the reason why there was a lot of discourse around it Mm -hmm. but hey you can't deny it looks bloody amazing Mm -hmm. so uh fingers crossed we see more amazing things out of unreal 5 soon let us know what you think about this in the comments below and other places uh, you can find us peter's gonna tell you about them right now no he's not no No, we're not doing that skipped all the questions we're going to a new section oh yeah we got rid of question three and replaced it with this it's time to talk about no 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 hey i'm sorry it's all right everything's changing (laughs) It's time for a new segment that we're calling What We Play In. It's What We Play In time. Time to talk about the games, what we've been playing. I also just want to clarify quickly, just in case people are worried, oh, are they just going to talk about news forever? I think we'll still cycle in questions occasionally, like as and when. But question three is going to be just an intermittent thing. And we want to focus more on sort of topical questions now. They get get it. They get it. Well, the thing is, I'm worried that they don't. And I want to be clear. Hey. Well, and also some news stuff will spin off into more anecdotal. For example, when we get to question two, that is just someone asking a a, a non-newsy story. Um, But feasibly, there could have been something in the news this week about 
We'll get to it. You'll see what I mean when we get to question yeah. two. It's, it's not always going to be like about the industry. It's a, it's a, we're in a feeling out process, but yeah. we're just trying to communicate with you as clearly as possible why we're doing it <laughs> and what we're doing. But it may take many forms, and we'll all learn together and grow. We just hope we just want to be, we just want to be open with you. Yeah, we just want we'll have a dialogue. Right. You know, well, communication is important in a relationship. It this is. is us communicating with you, and we love you, telling you our feelings. Yeah, we don't want this relationship to end. No, we and don't. That's why we're communicating. Exactly. With you. We should, we should have a baby about it. That would save the relationship, yeah. right? Let's do it. What's the safe word? Is it... Um... It's, Peter, what you've been playing this week. Right. Peter, please tell us what you've been playing this week. Please. I've been playing this week some more Bramble the Mountain King, mm. which is, oh, it gets, it, it's pretty grim at times. Is uh, it spooky? Because it was pretty spooky in the demo. It's, it can be spooky, yeah. Yeah, okay. it's not... Um, it is just so... I mean, I don't want to say whiplash because that's almost got like a negative connotation, but it's like... it is. A roller coaster is how I've described it, um, mm. in that there are just these really nice moments and then really horrific moments. Um, and I'm like learning stuff about Nordic folklore, which I'm glad about because, you know, you play the first sort of hour or hour and a half and you think like, okay, well, I've been told the names of these creatures. Like, I know that that's a troll and that's a gnome and, and that's, that's kind of it. That's all I, I've learned. And then you start to encounter things where you're like, what is this? Like, where is this derived from? And then it, fortunately, it does eventually start to tell you these things. It's like, okay, that's great. Like, I, I'm curious. Um, so I played a bit of that. Um, and then I restarted it from the beginning um, because I've decided to stream it. And you can't have more than one um, game running at the same time, oh. uh, which is a bit annoying. But annoying. whatever. So I've restarted that now. And I'll just be playing it on stream. Um, but also this week... I was randomly recommended on YouTube a video about um, people who play an old version of Minecraft. Beta 1.7.3 Okay. Okay. is considered like the pinnacle of retro Minecraft. Like before it was officially released, mm -hmm. uh, that is apparently like the best version um, for a lot of people who like to play Minecraft nostalgically. And I was like, man, yeah, I remember when I actually like understood everything about Minecraft and everything it had to offer and what all of the blocks and items do. And I do not understand that now. And there are like weird enemies and weird places and things that I don't get. So uh, I did a little bit of like reading on it and I realized it's very easy to just install really old versions of Minecraft like natively on the Minecraft launcher. You don't mm. have to use like a mod or anything. Oh, wow. There's just a little tab that allows you to do that. So I didn't go as far back as beta 1.7.3, but I had a quick look through the various different updates, like the the history of like all the updates they did on the Minecraft wiki. I chose the one I wanted and I've installed a very old version of Minecraft and I've just been playing old Minecraft <laughs> that I understand. And I've like built like a tree farm and a base and uh you know uh like wheat fields and stuff mm -hmm. and i'm just really enjoying it nice. so despite the fact that i've got so much to play i've not started star wars yet um and uh there's, there's something else i want i can't remember oh cheer i wanted to play as well mm. i saw this video and i was like man i could really go for a bit of retro minecraft so that's what i'm doing at the moment i'm playing just minecraft in my own time on pc um i can't remember what version it actually is but i can I can tell you next week if I look it up. Um, is yeah. it giving you big uh, Shadows of Israfel? Yeah, it's that of... kind of thing. Oh my God, I, I loved that series. Yeah. Yeah. I was obsessed. Well, everyone did. Yeah. yeah. It was so good. It's Yeah, it's sort of taking me back to just that time in my life where um, 
you know, I, I don't know. It, it's, it is just very relaxing. And that music as well, that soundtrack is, mm. uh, you know, really something. What's the just... name of that artist? It's like one guy, isn't it? Or, or yeah. a couple of guys. It's just like, a, it's just some like letters and numbers or something. I can't remember what it is. C something. Something uh, at 8, 11. Uh, I'll find out. Yeah. But that's what I've been playing. Minecraft from about 2013. I don't Amazing. know when it was. Amazing. I've played some games this week. Go on, Ashton. I have finished off Horizon Burning Shores. I did all of the side bits and pieces yes. and got all of the stuff. Cool. C418. C418. Lovely. Cool. Um, and yeah, I think it's great. I love that game. It's very pretty and no more to say then. I like it. Um, Are you going to uh, go back and do the main stuff in the full well, game now on your new game? I've class? done the, the main story. And I finished that. And now I finished the DLC. I kind of don't want to go back and finish everything up, like mop everything up in my new game plus run because that's just simply not the time. Mm. Like there's so many games that have come out in the last week or so that I just haven't got time to go back and do all the side stuff in that game. Um, so I've uninstalled it now. Oh. Just because I'm like, uh, there's not time. There's not time to have it on my PlayStation. I have not the room in my brain or on my PlayStation. So it's had to go. Okay. But I enjoyed the DLC and I enjoyed the game and I still love it. So maybe one day I'll go back and do it again. Yeah. Um, not an ultra hard though, because I don't hate myself. Um, <laughs> I have played some Dead Island 2 in co-op. Well, I tried to play in co-op. But that game, uh, you, the first area doesn't work. You can't play co-op in the first area because uh. it just kicks you out over and over and over again. I was trying to play with my boyfriend like in his first time playing it. I've played through the beginning like twice now. And I was just trying to play with him and it was just not working in the first area. But then I went to the second area, which is a smaller one. Totally fine. No problems there at all. Didn't crash once. Didn't kick me out at all. Second, we went back to the other area. I'm kicked out again. Oh, God. So I don't know, like, I don't know if it's because people, if people are playing, they're in the first area more because it's kind of got like a location you have to come back to a bit more. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, so the first area you can't play co-op in and... I don't know if we'll go back to playing in co-op because, again, there's just so much else out at the moment. Um, but I still enjoy that game, so I'm probably going to play it once I've finished Fallen Order, which I've also been playing this week. Mm -hmm. And I am obsessed with changing Cal's face and outfit. Yeah, um, me too. I just love it. Every time I, I find a chest, I'm just praying that it's going to be a cosmetic item. Like, I don't... I just want either a beard or a new hair or some new clothes or new colors for my clothes. I just can't help it. I'm obsessed. I've, I love it. Um, it's I'm, an interesting game to to latch onto in, in terms of the character customization because well, it's not like you wouldn't consider it no, to be a principal aspect. Absolutely of it. not. And like when I played the first game, I would just try and match BD and Cal's right. outfits, and then try and match them with the area that we were in. But then uh, when I found the mullet, it all changed. Oh yeah. I, as soon as I got that mullet, I was like, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, I'm into this now. This is what this is what I'm gonna do. So currently, my cow is wearing a. It's called the pilot top, and it's like a white button-up shirt, like jacket with like lapels. What are they called on your lapels. shoulders? Are they called? No, they they are lapels. Okay. Oh no, they're not. There's, no, they're there's not. Like, um, there's a, you mean like the sort of the shoulder pads? There's a, there's you know the little the, the people who the were in the military things. will know what they're called. Yeah, I don't know what they're called, but anyway, yeah. So that and that's all in white, and he's wearing chaps. 
No, no, arseless, just chaps. And he's got uh, a, like a, was it handlebar mustache? No. Yeah. yeah. That goes down to his chin and he's wearing a mullet. And I'm obsessed with it. And whenever we're in a cutscene and something like emotional is happening or like there's a bit of story, he's just there and I can't Epaulette. stop giggling. Epaulette, thank mm. you. I can't stop giggling when I see him. And my, it makes my boyfriend so mad because he's like, that's not, you're not playing it right. He looks <laughs> this ridiculous. This is the spirit of the game. It's like, how are you going to have him look like this? And I was like, I just, I can't help myself. He looks right. Uh, and he's running around with a pink lightsaber, mm. which my boyfriend says looks like a toy because I've made it <laughs> pink and blue. And, um, BD is also pink and blue and orange. Like I was like, well, they match my, they match each other. My mm -hmm. lightsaber, my other stuff, and BD. They all yeah. match each other. Yeah. Uh, and he says it looks ridiculous. I won't say what he said. It looked like I was running around with because it's inappropriate. But well, well, we can infer immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. But I'm enjoying that. But I think we're going to do a review corner on that. So we'll talk more about it. Yeah. Is we'll it? talk more about mm -hmm. it in a second. Yeah, we will. Um, um, you also played. I played some Redfall. You played some Redfall. Right. Mm -hmm. Which again. We'll save for a view corner yeah. in a moment. And obviously we'll be talking about that more in the big discussion later. Mm -hmm. um, perhaps not in as much detail about how the game works, but the potential fallout of it. How it's been mm -hmm. received. Mm -hmm. Ugh, yeah, unfortunate. Uh, by the time you are listening to this, we will all have played the new Wales Interactive yes. Game of yes. the Year contender, Mia and the Dragon Princess. Unfortunately, it hasn't quite made the cut for a discussion on this week's podcast because it comes out today at the time of recording yeah. and we're all going to get together tomorrow a group of us and have basically a viewing party for this Wales Interactive I can't game. wait. It's going to be really fun. Yeah. Um, I... It's clearly shot in one room from all of the footage they've released and uh, they've just sort of dressed it up to try and make it look like it's in several locations. And that's so exciting to me. My very favorite moment, um, I was editing the trailer into the uh, May roundup the other day. Mm -hmm. And there's a moment where like they've panned around this bar that they're in and they pan across this guy who's clearly an actor playing a, like someone who knows how to make a cocktail because he's just tossing this thing around <laughs> like he's just he's just spinning it around in his hand and I was watching it and I was like no I'm no expert but that's not how you make a cocktail you thing. are an expert because we did approve it that we is true we did approve it but it. he's trying to like flare bartend it's one clearly empty and two like he's just tossing it around <laughs> and I just I kept rewatching the same clip because I just found it hilarious but well, I there can't was wait that, that trailer of the couple who were arguing with each other that they released that clip mm. on Twitter and oh, it's yeah. just like the most unhingedly like unhingedly that's not even a word <laughs> aggressive back and forth mm -hmm. that's like so comical and I don't know I don't know if it's intended to be I um, think it must be but I can't wait I'm so excited to our play relationship tomorrow. with Wells Interactive we're building one like yeah. we DM with them now I tweet them Shout all out Ben the time. and Christy. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for talking to us. Uh, with with like calling them out constantly about letting us be in one yeah. of their games. Yeah. I think it could happen. To be honest, it's possible. We, we're manifesting. We're not. It. We're not shutting up about it. They they tweeted. Maybe we a need few to take ago. a clip from one of the videos where we say it. no and put it, yeah for that but <laughs> also that like a clip on, from one of our podcasts take it out put it on Twitter and tag them in it because they might not sit through a whole podcast but they might sit through a, a one minute well, clip you call them we out in the main thing um, we talk about it all the time in the podcast you're right maybe we should clip it out and put it on there mm -hmm. um, and also uh, they tweeted a few months ago asking so if, hey if we had like some sort of insider program what kind of rewards would you want and I just like I just straight up said maybe some of your like biggest fans should be allowed to be extra in your games and a, 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 a lot of people liked it 
And they said, oh, that's a good idea, actually. I don't know Whoa. if they were just appeasing me. But, yeah, they're uh, just being polite. Yeah, we're going to keep pushing We're going to be it. in one of the games. It's going to happen. We have to. It's going to We'll happen. go to Wales. It's fine. We'll go all the way to Wales. We'll, we'll road to trip you. to Wales. Yeah. Can't Do you think wait. they actually film it all in Wales and they don't bother well, leaving? Well, they've made two like of them. Going on location well, They've clearly rented the a big house once and shot two games in right. it back yeah. to back because but it's the, the same location. I think Mirror and Dragon Princess is actually filmed in London because well, it's a bit I mean. along yeah, the Thames, I think. So. They have done some London shooting. But it may just be yeah. that they film the bulk of it in Wales mm. and then did a day shoot in London. Yeah, but yeah. just some nighttime stuff. If you ever if you ever in Newcastle... You can stay at our house. Know. There's lots of places you can shoot in Newcastle. You film here. Yeah. We've got green screen. We know a good um, uh, like fallout looking road, don't we? We do. We know where that is. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. There's also uh, down underneath the bridges around mm -hmm. the corner where we shot a lot of stuff where, when we first started. They've blocked that off now though. What? It's got a big fence across it. You can't go down there? Mm. But you can walk your dog down there. What, down around the corner where they're under the bridge? Oh, no, not that bit. Like the, oh, the bit right, yeah, around yeah, the other side of Gingerino's, which where Gingerino's was. It was a pizza place nearby. Mm. Um, yeah, so we, we've got the location. We can we can scout for locations. Yeah. We can be back. We don't even need speaking lines. We just need to be in it. We yeah. just want to walk across the back of a scene and mm -hmm. be in, in one of the games. Um, yeah. But we'll take a speaking line. We will take a speaking line if you've got them. Like we're not, you <laughs> know. We've also got more bartending experience than that guy. Yeah, we yeah, do. yeah, yeah. We do. We can wrestle. Yeah, we can um, wrestle. <laughs> we can, what else? We can, we can cart race. What else have we proved? Um, we can banjo-kazooie. <laughs> we yeah. can cook. We can yeah. cook. Yeah, really we, good. We've got all these skills. Um, and I'm kind of curious, actually, how Wales Interactive views us because they, they seemingly know that the stuff they put out is kind of cheesy. Yeah. And I love their games, but it's like, it's, it's so steeped in like dripping in irony, yeah, um, or or like sarcasm. You're it's ruining like an, it. You're it, ruining it. They're not going to let. It's an game. ironic love of their games, like because I think I think they're they're obviously like bad. Their newer but stuff is is like definitely it's better than it, it was. objectively better than some of the old. But stuff, it's still but it's like cheesy, cheesy and the the acting is like all over the place. The writing yeah. is kind of laughable and like, but I love it. And I think they know that that's their niche, but I still feel sorry for like the actors and the directors who are involved because they probably take it pretty seriously, yeah. right? Yeah, like, they're, they're all in, but they're they're busy like sharing clips of like Limmy, who's played it on Twitch, and just like clearly taking the piss. Yeah. But they do it themselves. Like the the clips they put on Twitter are so random. Like they when are. when that French woman runs so in and goes, she didn't pay for the spring roll. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. shoving a spring roll in her mouth. Yeah, and then the little girl gives her a include, thumbs up. You know, a, a, like a kind of a hint about what the story is mm. really going to be about or like a clue maybe that will help you in the game. It's like, no, it's just... She did pay for her spring roll. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is this is why there's like a real tonal dissonance between how I think seriously the actors and directors and writers, the people making the game take it, um, and the people who are promoting the game mm. on social media. I'm like, I'm fascinated. I just hope we don't annoy them because I don't think I can pretend that their games are like objectively amazing. We've never played one on the channel, have we? No. We talk about them all the time and some people will just... They probably haven't been asked to actually look them up and mm. so have no idea what they're They're like really six pounds. Yeah. You should do it. Mm. Why haven't we ever streamed one? I think it's because I'm worried. They, used, they copyrighted a few of the oh, earlier yeah. streams that you did, but they've now said that they don't do that anymore. So, right. I mean, we, we could them. give them so a go. Maybe we, yeah. could, we could ask. Yeah, we could definitely do like a Wales interactive movie night or yeah. something mm. on stream um, at some point. But uh, yeah, there we are. That's, that's going to have happened by the time you're listening to this. And I'm sure it's bloody amazing. Mm. Yeah. I can't wait. It's also £9 if you want to buy it and play it. Yeah. Um, so there we are. 
with this isn't an ad. Uh, the games I've been playing this week, I really wanted to play through Resistance Fall of Man on uh, in co-op once I finished Gears 5 in co-op. So I got my PS3 set up. I downloaded the update because for some reason there was an update. Right. I went onto the PlayStation Store just to have a look, just to see what was going on there. It took like five minutes to load the PlayStation Store. Mm -hmm. And then to download games... Uh, they are, they maybe go perhaps one or what am I trying to say? One megabyte per second, I think was right. how fast mm. it was downloading. So clearly there's, there's huge, and this was always the case on PS3. There's huge throttling in the download speeds just through PSN for PS3. And I imagine that's only going to get worse. So that's, that was pretty terrible. But while I was waiting for that stuff to get set up, I booted up Super Stardust HD, which was installed on there. And I had a fantastic time uh, blasting loads of space rocks and shooting alien nasties and things. And I think that game is fantastic. And I would like another Super Stardust very much because I think it's an excellent arcade shooter. But I don't know if Housemark will do that now, given that they are busy making uh, big boy AAA games like Returnal and that. So, and that. Uh, but that's a great game. And uh, I, I did enjoy it a lot. I think that's where I got my first ever trophies from, actually, that game. Uh, I was rubbish at it, and it was one of the first games to be patched to support trophies. And I got my friend, who was good at the game, to play some bits of it for me so I could get some bronze trophies. And I was like, Ooh, oh my wow. God, I've got, got some trophies. Uh, apart from that, I've been playing a flip load of Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which we'll talk about momentarily in Review Corner. I am really enjoying that game in spite of its issues, and I just... There, are, I do have some frustrations with it, but like I'm genuinely really enjoying this game. Mm. And I'm wondering if it's because I was going in on uh, uh, like at launch relatively blind in that I haven't yeah, seen any I trailers. Well. I haven't been looking at any trailers or anything. I've just been, I've set my expectations pretty low and yeah. I was just going in because I didn't enjoy the first game as much as everyone else did. And by the time I played it, everyone had told me it was the greatest thing ever made. And it wasn't. And I, I had a lot of issues with the first game, but this one, really liking it. I've also played some Redfall, which, it, which also exists. But we're going to talk <laughs> about both of those right now mm. in Review Corner. And we're here. We are. We're in the review corner. You can't see us, but you can hear us, mm -hmm. hopefully. If you're listening to the audio version, you can still hear us. You can only hear us before. Uh, we've got two games on the docket today, Ashton. We do. And we've both played both of them mm. um, for varying amounts of time. But I thought we should start by talking about Redfall. Yes. The big release from Xbox this month mm -hmm. uh, that came out on the 2nd. Uh, we've both given it a go. For, we played it together for the same amount of time on stream. Yes, you can go and watch the VOD now on the VOD channel. You can. And also, very quickly, it's yeah. on Game Pass, but Bethesda did actually oh, yes. send me a code to play. So thank you very much to Bethesda for that. Mm -hmm. Per ASA guidelines, this is a new thing we have to do. Yeah. Per ASA guidelines, we have to disclose that under their guidelines, that does technically make this section an ad. Yes. However, we were not no, paid. We were not paid. No financial retribution. Retribution. That's it. Not mm. it. That's not the word. Compensation. Compensation. Got there it. was no financial compensation, but the ASA have got these new guidelines, and we just have to say that to cover our bottoms. Yes. So, so I played the game on PC. You gave it a go on Xbox. Yes. Series S. Series S. Um. So essentially, the plot of Redfall is that they tell you the story in this beginning cutscene. That's there's no animated cutscenes in this game. It's all told in like slideshows. 
PowerPoint. Like slow some, zooms on static images. Yeah, with some voiceover. And essentially there's this voice saying, oh, it's all my fault um, because I they use my blood to bring people back to life. They called it like a life juice. That's not what they say, but basically that. <laughs> Classic um, life juice. And then people start turning into vampires. No. Oh, and the four main characters, which are all able to be picked by you know you or your friends um have tried to leave on a boat but upon trying to leave the vampires froze the ocean in time yes and um which looks like jelly and um you have to go back into redfall to figure out what's going on and try and save the world yeah it's sort of like an open world it's far cry it's far cry it's an open world shoot far cry and four player it's it's by, by, uh, it's by Arcane and Bethesda, yeah. and it is so far removed from anything Arcane has done before. Like, mm-hmm. it's so... If you told me it was by that, like, a different studio, I would believe you, because it's who made nothing. Deathloop. Yeah, It doesn't look nothing. anything like Deathloop. Like, the fact that there isn't any animated cutscenes, the way it looks, mm-hmm. it's just so far from what we've come to expect Stealth from Arcane. kills, there's no animations. Yeah, you just thump the guy in the back and he's dead. You just do a melee hit. Yeah. yeah. So I played as Layla, whose abilities are kind of... She, it's kind of weird. Like, in the cutscenes, it looks like she's got loads of powers, but she can basically... Do a big umbrella shield in front of you, absorb bullets, and then fire it back at them. It's like magic. Isn't like it? magic, yeah. She can make like jump pads, and then her final ability is summoning in her dead vampire boyfriend to go and fight with her, cool. which I've not unlocked yet. You played as Remy. Remy, yeah, who has a little robot companion called Bribon. Bribon. How, however, we just called him Bribbon. Bribbon. And he was rubbish. <laughs> rubbish. Uh, he's always walking around with you, but his main power is that he can cause a distraction Mm. so you direct him to go stand somewhere and he'll run out and then he'll sit there and he'll wag his little robot tail and he'll just sort of go and sort of scream yeah however that doesn't really work Mm -hmm. and uh oftentimes he will either not distract anyone sometimes he won't go to the place you'll tell him to go to and he'll just sit next to you and do it and call everyone over or when he does distract people they look at him for a second and then look right past him at you and then they just run towards you yeah that's one of her powers the other one that i unlocked was just c4 you just throw some c4 uh and it, I mean, the other classes may be better, but certainly yeah. uh, Remy, is it Remy? Remy, I think so, yeah. I was not very impressed. No, and the other class that we experienced with um, the other player was, um, I think his name's Philip, Phil? I might not be, I don't actually know. I'll, I'll but he's got a bird check. and the bird flies in and he pinpoints where all of the enemies are. And then there's another ability that you go invisible. So the, things that, the thing about it is that it just lacks everything like it just doesn't have personality the you know the voice acting is great the characters talk and if you're playing in co-op the more you play together the more conversations you unlock by doing missions together jacob jacob thank you so it's nothing like philip um and you basically you go into an area you go to a safe house you turn the power on the safe house you do the safe house mission and you do that a few times and you can unlock you know the, the neighborhood your typical far cry situation there's vampires and cultists with guns but they're not very interesting and you know they're not they're few and far between they're, they're not really, really hanging around stupid as well yeah they're, the ai is terrible it is it? really bad like the 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 encounters with vampires should be scary but i like they're almost laughable because yeah. they're 
like glitching through walls and flying way too fast in in yeah. like really tight circles and not only is it laughable but it also makes it kind of hard to play yeah because it runs at 30 frames per second so it doesn't look it looks noticeably not 60 frames mm. but then also it doesn't always run at 30 frames per second even uh the game looks visually just kind of it looks rubbish. like fortnite it looks a bit Fortnite-y. It looks like it's covered with a layer of Vaseline. There's loads of motion blur. The the character animations are weird or mm. there's no character animation. It just feels it feels unfinished, quite frankly. Yeah. It feels like a beta for a game that's not out yet. Yeah, exactly. And I also just think that a lot of what we've been offered and what they've given us is just not interesting. Like, either, you know, the skills aren't interesting or fun. I find myself just using the guns most of the time and not even bothering with the skills. Yeah. Like, the, you know, the safe house missions are just go and get this. Uh, go to was, this place. Go to this map. place, get this. Go to this place, get this. Yeah. And I'm, like I say, it's glitchy. So I was playing it on PC and when I initially booted it up, I turned off DLSS because it was making all of the character models' bones basically like glitch through their <laughs> screens. Good. And it was like, that's not great. So I turned that off and then it was running... It ran pretty solidly at about 50 FPS for mo the most part. However, there was, like you say, some big frame drops in like the most random areas where nothing's going on. There's this big like drained lake and just running across the lake, my frames went down to like 10 FPS. And I'm like, what is happening? What? There's nothing here. There's no enemies. There's no particle effects. I'm not doing anything about from running. So why is it struggling so much? But yep. it's just, it does just feel unfinished. Like in terms of actually, you know, playing with your pals, had a bit of fun. I enjoyed it. Exactly. We had fun in spite of everything yeah, else going exactly. on, not because of everything. Exactly. And I could see myself and a friend diving into the game and just having a bit of fun for like a few hours yeah. and then packing it in and going and doing something that's better. Mm -hmm. But weirdly, my boyfriend said he enjoyed it more than Dead Island 2. Okay. But I think maybe he was just not in a good mood when he played Dead Island 2. Right, because, okay. um, But yeah, I think that, you know, the gunplay is relatively fun. Like, the guns feel powerful. They don't feel... It's all loot-based as well. Yeah, exactly. So you'll find the same guns over and over again, but this one is a is a Gold level a level does. 3 gun, yeah. a level 4 gun. So it's that yeah. kind of thing where you're constantly changing up your, your weapons. But not in, an, I think, an interesting Borderlands way no. where it's entirely randomly generated and there's billions of combinations. It's just this one has plus three damage and is level four mm -hmm. and purple. So yeah. you're going to want to use that. But also there's like tons of notes dropped around like to build the story out. And it's just, I'm not going to read all these notes. There's just yeah. there everywhere. And it's interesting that they've gone through that approach because clearly a lot of effort's been made to flesh out the world, but not mm. in a way that's easily consumable. Yeah. And I mean, reading is easy enough, but like you have to stop playing the game yeah. to do it. And I just feel like maybe voice notes or more cutscenes. Mm -hmm. It actually reminded me a lot of Back for Blood. Did yes. you play that? Yeah, it's very much like that. So when you blood. go into the, the safe houses and there's the people that you're you're chatting to and stuff, they all they all stand in their own little sections of the safe house and some of them sell different things. Yeah. And they sort of awkwardly stand there with very little animations and they're almost set dressing in a way. Mm -hmm. And and the weapons as well aren't that exciting. Like sometimes they look pretty cool. Like they've got interesting skins on them. Yeah. But that's kind of it. It just feels so It feels like weird. a vampire. It's soulless. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's a vampire game and it's soulless. And that's, it's so strange that it's coming from arcade. Yeah. Because this is, it does feel like that's the biggest they started making one game and then were told, can you make it four player co-op yeah. please? It just feels so, they were the ones that ultimately fumbled the ball on this. And, mm -hmm. and you know, it's, they made it. However, yeah. it, 
it does feel like they've made a game that they are wholly unsuited to make because yeah. they've never made anything like it before. Yeah. And sometimes developers can do very well with that, like Gorilla and Horizon mm -hmm. Forbidden, uh, uh, the first one. Zero Dawn. Zero Dawn, thank yeah. you. Uh, but in this case, it's just not worked. It's just not it's, worked. It clearly wasn't ready yet. Mm. And even if it did run at 60 frames per second, even if it wasn't buggy, I still don't think it would be that interesting. No, that's the thing. Yeah, like you say, if it ran perfectly, I still don't think it would have been a good game. Yeah. You know, it's a shame and it's disappointing it comes from Arcane, but if hopefully with a few patches yeah. and in a few months' time, it'll be a game that will be fun to play. Yeah, there's fun to be had in it. Yeah. We proved that when we Do not it. spend £70 on it. Don't buy it. Get it on Game Pass. If, yeah. And, you know, as you say, with, with a few patches, it'll be more stable mm -hmm. and you'll be able to have fun blasting through it with a couple of friends or just a friend or maybe even by yourself although i think it would probably be less fun in solo yeah however if that's how we're looking at this game as just hey after a few patches it might be fun to you know blast through it in co-op is that really what xbox wants no from their flagship games absolutely not maybe we should talk about that in the big discussion hey, let's today. hold that conversation yeah let's wait for later let's wait we have another thing to talk we about. We do. Though. Move on to something playing. a bit more positive. Yes. Davinda, by the way, is the other Redfall character that you can Divinda, play as. Davinda, yes. Yeah. yeah. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Yes. What a what a bloody video game. I know. It's good. It's really good. I do feel like we should point out, though, that it's, it runs like ass. Yes. I was going to save the negatives until the end. But yes, it does run like... Up front, it runs badly. Yes. They're trying to fix that, but it does run badly. Mm. And we'll talk about that in more detail mm -hmm. in a minute. So, to set the scene... Mm -hmm. The game continues the story of Jedi Knight Cal Kestis, or Cal Kiskis. Cal Kiskis. Uh, it's set five years after the first game. Cal's original crew is split up, and he travels with a new outfit, working, and I don't mean that like his clothing. I mean, yeah, but with, he does have a new he's, outfit he's got He's got a new outfit, and he's with new people, yeah. working with rebel groups to fight back against an ever-expanding empire, and then I'm not going to go into any more details because that's revealed as you go through the game, but mm -hmm. it's Cal continuing his fight against the empire, yeah. uh, but now like he's a an actual adult like a grown-up one of the things i found so annoying about the first game was i just i thought cal was kind of irritating mm. i wasn't a huge fan of his character there was i know he's based on a real person and it's kind of mean to say but his face always kind of annoyed me <laughs> now you can put a beard on him yeah that's brilliant yeah love that you can customize his clothing you can uh you find beards and all sorts like you were saying earlier i'm like obsessed you find with them, them everywhere what what what's your current cow looking like? My current cow, I, I think I did just talk about this. So uh, he's got mustache and a mallet, mm -hmm. and he looks like an eighties pop star. Yeah, and I love him. He mm -hmm. looks perfect. Okay. If I can change the color of his hair, I will. Yeah. But I just I think it's great. I just I really enjoyed this game so far. Yeah. It's like kind of full. It's full to the brim with stuff. Yes. Like there's all different kinds of things you can get. Collect fish and mm -hmm. songs. And there's like a new kind of board game-esque mechanic that mm -hmm. you can play mm -hmm. in the tavern. They've got like a home world and a hub yeah. tavern that you can recruit people to come back to. Yeah. And I just, I think it's it's got a lot more personality than the first game already. I've played like a good few hours. I did spend the first, I'd say about seven or eight hours on the first planet. Kobo. 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 Kobo before I even left to go to anywhere else. Yeah. But I just, I think it like, and I like the mechanics that they've introduced. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of new stuff in terms of like 
combat and how you play the game and if you prefer to use one lightsaber big lightsaber mm. two lightsabers yes. four you know if you decide how you want to play and i i do like that as well and it doesn't uh, it doesn't wait too long before introducing that stuff to mm. you either which is nice so you're not just stuck with your you know single lightsaber thing you can you can actually customize a lot right from the get go which yeah. is really lovely i think the the combat feels way better to me yeah. in this game than the last one because I love Soulsborne games and everyone said to me, this was another reason why I was so cross, I think, is everyone said to me, oh, it's like Souls-like combat, like you'll love it. And then I tried it and thought, this is really annoying. I've got a <laughs> lightsaber. Why am I not just cutting through this spider? Yeah. Why Why is Ogdo Bogdo the hardest boss I've ever <laughs> faced in any game? Yeah. Why is he like right at the start? I'm yeah. really cross. I'm not having fun. I'm grumpy now. <laughs> Whereas this one, I feel like it's actually really well balanced. Yeah. Apart from when it's not. Yes. Because there are insane difficulty spikes every so often. Yeah. And I, I have like, life's too short. I have just dropped the difficulty for those and then put it back up to where I was, to, to normal. But like, I, I really feel like I can be good at this game. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like I could be good at the last game. Uh, the map, so much better. Oh my God. So much fast clearer. Fast travel. Thank you so you much. Fast travel between the meditation points, which is where you can rest and spend your skill points and go mm -hmm. through the skill tree. And uh, there's perks there's that you perks can put stuff, in this no. time as well. The Metroidvania style world design obviously is back. So you will encounter things that you can't do just yet. Yeah. And you need to come back later, which I have found to be like a really satisfying loop where I will come back to Kobo after going and doing a story mission and unlocking something mm -hmm. and then looking across the map to see if there's any green bits yeah, on it that that's, I can that now, always feels nice. I can, and then go through and tick those off, fast travel to those, or use a rideable mount to get yes. to get there, which is so much easier. Fly on a bird. Some, well, glide yeah, can, on a bird. You can glide on birds. There's um, there's these little uh, sort of like tauntaun. They're not tauntauns, but they're those things. Yeah, the little bird. They look like... Um, Chuckleboes, kind of. Yeah, a little bit. And then there's a Spammel. Spammel is a brilliant name they for They look horrible. They're really scary. They look actually. like they would be wet to the touch. I don't like them. No. Uh, but yeah, you can ride on those, which is great. The saloon you mentioned is really lovely. The little mm. base of operations. That's another part of the loop where you finish. You go back to the saloon and you talk to everyone there because they've got new things to say. There's new rumors that they'll give you. And rumors. Stuff. So you can go back out into the map and like... Uh, seek those out they won't spawn unless you get the rumor so mm -hmm. that's that's worth doing you can put the fish that you find into the fish tank there's a rooftop garden where yes, you can plant I forgot about the, the garden, seed yeah. it's like that kind of meta game stuff is one of the things i really enjoyed about the mass effect games like walking mm -hmm. around the normandy and talking to all my uh, comrades and stuff admittedly i found my team members in mass effect far more engaging than i do with jedi survivor but it's still like a really nice thing yeah. to it makes you feel immersed like there's like stuff is happening in the game world yeah. as you do things like and once you've obviously gone and come back from a main mission that things that they've got to say are changed because they've been talking to each other and they've got like they've been like oh so and so's told me about this now mm. and you're like oh cool so you've you've been talking while i've been away that's nice yeah yeah it does yeah. it feels really a lot more immersive and like I say it's just got a lot more personality than the first game like you feel you're part of the universe a lot more yeah, I think absolutely it's a far more confident game and it like they clearly addressed almost all of the issues from the first game that mm -hmm. I had with it which is great and then they were able to just add loads of flourishes mm -hmm. which is really lovely however before you get to that satisfying loop where you just check on the map and go to the green bit you do actually have to explore the entirety of Kobo and yeah. my god it's massive yeah now I was part of a small group of people who had this issue with God of War where mm. I felt like there was just too much side stuff 
and I know it's optional, but my goblin brain says you need to go over there. Yeah, and, my mind and does too. You need to go there and look at that stuff, even if if one of those me, yellow barriers, it's like you can go this way. I'm yeah. like, well, I'm going to. I've got to way. go there. I like, I simply must. Yeah. And I'll even smash my head against the wall for 20 minutes trying to solve a puzzle that I I can't. Yet. Yeah. Because I feel like I need to. Yeah. And it's entirely on me and how I play games. But I do find that it means that in like immersion wise, Cal is wandering off for like eight hours mm-hmm. to pick up seeds. Yeah. And then he's coming back and continuing his mission. Yeah. So to get to the point where you can take part in that satisfying loop, you first have to just exhaustively explore this well, the, huge area. The thing is you don't have to. No, you don't. But, but I have I to. I have to, yeah. And I found that a bit overwhelming. And that, like every time I get to a new bit of Kobo before, you know, you, you start going in specific directions in mm. Kobo for story reasons when doors unlock. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, there's, there's more. <laughs> so much. <laughs> there's so much more. But fortunately, I feel like the other planets... They're a lot smaller than They're Kobo a lot smaller. Is. There are moments in the story where the set pieces are like incredible Mm -hmm. with uh, like sort of I think they outstrip a lot of the stuff that Uncharted was ever able to do in terms of like ridiculous absurd I can't believe this is happening and I'm actually playing through it this is Mm -hmm. amazing well even right at the beginning of the game it feels a bit like that like the set pieces that open the game feel very much like wow this is pretty pretty dope that we're having this moment but it it still peppers those in throughout yeah and I feel like the the level design of some of the the planets that you visit that are a bit more linear in mm. terms of they're not huge open world ones. Um, are, I think they flow a lot better, yeah. personally. I don't like being dumped into a huge, huge open area with a billion different directions to yeah. go in. I much prefer to be, not funneled, but like go to a place where, uh, let's say, a uh, a corridor branches mm-hmm. and I can go left or right and left takes me on a little offshoot with some optional stuff and yeah. right is the way I meant to go. I, I prefer that personally. Yeah. Have you turned on the navigation assist? No. So there's a thing in the menu, which it wasn't in the first game, which I really appreciate in that if you turn that on, on your map, there's a little thing that says, if you go this way, you're going towards the end where oh, you have to go. See, that would be... It's very useful, that would be useful and I would recommend turning that I've done that a couple of times on. where I've thought, oh God, which way is the optional yeah. way? And then I've gone the story way and I haven't been able to get back to the... And the optional yeah. way is literally just, there's an item three feet away. Yeah. And I didn't know because I wasn't sure which one was which. But I'd recommend turning that on. But okay. we, I do, we obviously have to talk about the fact that this game released and maybe, you know, it's already better now, yeah. a few days past, but it released and it ran like ass. Yes. If you played it in performance mode... The screen tearing was insane. It like, does just, not run at 60. It doesn't run at 60. The screen tearing is terrible. If you play it in quality mode, it runs pretty much at 30 FPS unless you do certain abilities or the certain like movements or combat moments that you do mm. where it runs like ass and it does not work. Kobo in particular. Kobo found, in particular like, the open world body. when you're... There's, there's one bit in Kobo where you're... I think it's... On the, on the approach to the settlement. Mm. And no matter where you look, if you go up a little high higher, like it just chugs, like it really yeah. slows down. And it runs a lot better in indoor sections. Yes. But there's still load times. There's popping in quite a lot. There's popping. And outside of the performance issues, I also found it to be a bit buggy. Mm-hmm. Like I've had the map refuse to open. I've gotten uh, stuck in the environment and ha- like yeah, sort of too. gone into like a falling animation and not been able to move. My spammel got stuck in a rock and I was stuck on the spammel. That happened to me. And also I went through the floor on a spammel. <laughs> yeah. I've gone through the floor in a couple of places. There's, yeah. there's one area of the map uh, where there is just a bit of floor where you, no matter 
which angle I approached it from, you will fall through it. Good. There's like no collision. You Love just that. go right through the floor. I've had trophies pop when I haven't even done it. Really? Not like oh, major, not like major things, but it'll those. be like the side bits where I'll be like, you did this thing. And I'm like, no, I didn't. I have Thanks, though. brute forced my way into solutions of puzzles a couple of times. Good. Like Skyrimmed my way up the side <laughs> of cliff faces. I'm absolutely not meant to be up yeah. yet and like confused the game. It's not perfect, but this is one of the rare, very rare examples for me personally, mm. where my enjoyment of a game far outstrips the issues the I'm having with it. Yeah. And I think that speaks volumes. This game should not have been released running the way it did mm-hmm. and the way it continues to Especially run. I think on, on PC. On PC, it's it's really bad. Yeah. Uh, we were both playing on PS5. Yes. I assume, yeah. Um, but the rest of the game is so strong. Yeah. That I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. I just hope there's not another I'm really Kobo glad it's good. size planet. <laughs> I'm yeah, really me, scared yeah, I'm yeah, going to run too, into actually. another Kobo Because otherwise I, I don't think I'll ever finish the game. Yeah. I'm 60% through with the story apparently, but I've been exhaustively exploring every single See, I'm map. No, I'm so. nowhere near that. I've been faffing big time. <laughs> uh, I've got a moustache, by the way. Oh, nice. I've got a moustache. I've got this sort of like slicked back hair, but it's yeah. not the slicked back hair. It's a different one. Okay. I think he looks really cool. I think he looks like a World War II pilot yeah like british pilot i was walking around with a man bun and a big beard for a while and yeah. in my mind i was like he's been exploring the universe uh-huh. like he's been he's not been taking care of himself so he's looking unkempt and then i found the mullet and i was like mullet yeah <laughs> i don't care about any of that mullet and mustache mm-hmm. so what stance are you using for like lightsaber i've got the jewel stance uh-huh. and the one with the gun okay the one with the gun is my favorite i think it's amazing i think it's a really good it's stance. so cool not only do you get to shoot your gun from mm-hmm. a distance but some of the like executions that you can do, he just like sweeps the leg and then shoots them in the face. Yeah. Like, That's great. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. However, the customization of the lightsaber, again, I think is kind of pointless. I like that you can customize the blade. Yeah. You can see that, but customizing any other part of it, I just never see it. Well, mine's pink, so I can see it all the time. Oh, right, okay. I it, mean, hangs fair up, it, hangs off his, it hangs off his belt and it looks great. And it's bright pink. And it's bright pink. However, for me... I like, I'd like that it's an option. I'd rather it be in there than not be there. And I don't know how else they could solve this, but I do think it's crazy that there's so much customization options for a lightsaber that you can't really see mm-hmm. the details of. I also, just before we wrap this up, yeah. I love that the droids are in this and I love listening to what the droids have to say. Mm. And they're just, they chat absolute nonsense oh, and do. I'm obsessed. I picked one up with my force powers and it said, oh my God, I'm flying. And I threw it off and it said, yeah. And I was like, brilliant. 10 out of 10. Comedy in this game is great. It's really like, good. It's They've, just it's just a very good game. They nailed the Star Wars droid level of like comedy just mm. straight up. Some of the things they say is hilarious. I'm like sat waiting off the end of a cliff yeah, just to hear to these droids. Yeah. Anyway, we've talked for five Far too long. Let's throw it back to us. Yes, let's. It's time for question two now. And I've got it. It's from Michael Milan. Greetings to you, Bap. My girlfriends and I recently became engaged. Congratulations. As we are both major geeks, we're thinking of ways to incorporate our various fandoms, including video games, into the wedding. Mm. With nods to our fa- to favourites of ours, like Zelda and Horizon. If you're planning a wedding, be it yours or someone else's, how would you incorporate video game fandom into the event? Mm. So this you, is what Michael I meant, Man. right? Yeah. By how, like, even if we are doing stuff that is related to news a lot yes. more now with questions, it's not always going to be like, what do you think about the state of the industry or the release of little devil inside you know sometimes it will <laughs> be like that's ever coming yeah, yeah coming. right uh but you know there might be a news story one day one week about like such and such a celebrity did this thing at their wedding this video gamey thing or maybe not even a celebrity just here's a write-up about some 
geek's wedding. Uh, Some, some geek. goddamn to nerd's quote, wedding. To quote Michael Malan, <laughs> yeah. we are both I don't know, It geeks. just feels way more pointed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some, some geek. geek's wedding. Michael, um, open parentheses, who is a geek? Yeah. This so geek. That kind of stuff could be in the news. And you can still ask us things like, how would you incorporate gaming into your wedding? So yeah. it's not always necessarily going to yeah. be... Ask industry. whatever you want, but we're going to skew towards news. Industry so please questions. ask news things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I personally, for my wedding... We, we kind of chose not to necessarily incorporate too much stuff that we came up with all these things that we liked and we were like, do, do we incorporate this or not? And in the end, we, we just kind of went for more traditional stuff and we thought like it might kind of date it a bit. Like no matter what you choose in like 30 years time, that game that we chose on that day mm. will be like, that game that we've kind of forgotten about. Sort I of did thing. think it was weird that the, the the priest was dressed as Spyro, but yeah, I wasn't well, going to say it. I mean, Spyro is timeless, though. Yeah, so yeah come he on. is. I was going to say there were a lot of geeks at your wedding. Yeah, yeah there were. And it was a bit of a geek well, wedding. Well, that was the other thing, actually. There were a lot of non geeks at the wedding. Yeah. And I think, like, we probably thought, like, some of the people there would not necessarily understand or appreciate too many references to pop culture and stuff you did do the um th you did do like a choreographed dance to the entire jeremy soul oblivion soundtrack mm. well again and that went on it for did ages. go on you for know, a long everyone time everyone can appreciate the jeremy soul uh soundtrack even old ladies so don't worry about that yeah. peter's grandma did yell i fought mud crabs more fierce she did yeah, yeah you'll make a true. fine rug cat um <laughs> is what they shout at you when you're a kajit oh that's racist yeah it is actually racist um uh, but on the other hand I know people who have done that sort of thing at their wedding. And hey, more power to them. Mm. I can totally see the the appeal the other way. Um, so uh, I think I can say this publicly because I'm sure it was posted on Twitter. Scott Telford, who we used to work for, yep. work with, not for, <laughs> work with. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't think it was actually, it wasn't gaming related, although he is a big video game. He's a geek. 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 That's another geek right there. Um, he, <laughs> on the back of their cake. So on the front, I think it was a kind of traditional... Was it half and half or maybe it was the whole cake? Anyway, I don't sure. know. it may have been around the front. It may have been white. And then around the back, they had a design because some people do that half and half. Or it might have been the whole cake. But he had like a tiered like Lord of the Rings oh, nice. thing. What's that like castle called that's like kind of tall and like Minister layered? Minister Don't know. You're asking the wrong geeks. But like, yes, different what, type of geek. Mm. Yeah. But what I'm sure was a very expensive geeky cake. Um, it, it looked really cool. And he posted photos of it on social media. Um I've got some other ideas here. You could have like arcade cabinets at the reception that yeah. people can play. Uh, you know, we had like some lawn games, even though it was a bit damp and no one actually played them in the end. But, you know, that Michael was Johnson did still go and play on the children's yeah. play area and injure yeah. himself. There yeah. was a children's play area at the at the place. If there was video games, maybe he wouldn't have injured himself. Exactly. Um, I still think he would have injured with. himself <laughs> yeah, yeah, somehow. It's true. Uh, you could do something that a lot of people do. Um as a like a way of incorporating something that you like without kind of it getting in the way of if you are going for something a bit more traditional is do table names based on stuff. Hey, mm. I was going to say that. Oh, well, I've, <laughs> I've said it already. Um, so I think uh, so someone I know did football teams um, because they, re they were like really into football. And I think their fiance was like, I don't really want to do a football <sighs> thing at our wedding. Yeah. So the compromise was, well, we'll just call each... Uh, table after like a player or a stadium or something like that. My friend did uh, locations that were like meaningful in their relationship. Yeah. So like the place they met, like where they both grew up, that kind of thing. And then everyone who was sat at a table was like, what part of their lives 
Yeah, it's quite cute. Lovely. Yeah, and you can like write it on the mm. on the table. It's thoughtful though, which is like that's loads yeah. of effort, isn't it? Yeah. Not for geeks. Yeah, just just put a football stadium on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but if you wanted to go the whole hog, you could literally have like the the reception venue or even the ceremony venue at like an arcade or something. If you just want to go mad, <laughs> I bet I bet there are reception packages at certain like big arcades. I'm not saying or every even arcade. Small arcades, you mm. just just go chat to the guy and say, "How yeah. much to rent out the place yeah. for?" Yeah, can I get well, married exactly, here, yeah. please? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, or the gal, or the other. Yeah. yeah. I also said table names. That's kind of an easy way to kind of incorporate characters or places. Because if you call a table Hyrule, yeah. you know, uh, some some geeks are going to get it. Yeah. But those non-geeks are going to be like, hmm, what a lovely word. Yeah. And then go and sit at their table, which says Hyrule on Cyril. it. Cyrodiil. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Oh, it's lovely. I wonder what that means. We'll ask them about it later. Doom. Yeah. <laughs> Hell. Hell. <laughs> um. Yeah, and if they ask you about it later, you won't have time to answer because you're at your wedding. So then they'll just never know. Yeah. So it's a little yeah. sneaky sort of sneaks. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, there's this woman on TikTok who does like um, kind of like, I don't know if it's called a wedding march or like, you know, the song that the bride comes down the oh, aisle yeah. to, um, how sometimes it's like a traditional kind of song. Well, she kind of takes quite, like requests and makes them into songs you can walk down the aisle to. So there's things like, uh, Abba and like Here Comes the Sun for example and then there's like other things where she'll take like the Star Wars soundtrack or the Star Wars intro and make that on lovely on the piano that it's kind of like subtle enough that like you can be like is that that's a Star Wars that's yeah. a Star Wars that's bloody Star Wars and it is but they won't know that um and there's a different guy on TikTok who does a thing that's like what if um your if your clients are uh big fans of a certain game or like a certain movie and he mixes like DJ, he's like a DJ and mm-hmm. he mixes like the Mandalorian theme tune into like music with beats. So it's like, you can just hear it and you're like, everyone's like kind of bobbing around and like dancing to it. But then like the geeks know, the geeks know. that yeah. it's from like Mandalorian and yeah, stuff. So it's a good idea actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't even have to mix it either. Like some nice orchestral, like Final Fantasy music, or mm. you know, Legend of Zelda theme, or mm-hmm. Jeremy Soul. Lovely. Uh, you could you could come down the aisle to that. You could yeah. come down it to Metal Hell Singer if you wanted yeah. to. Yeah, you could first yeah. dance to the Mario theme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's dancing. She's she's, she's Mario theme and dancing. I'm holding my wife. Yeah, and we're dancing. Is your, your wife, wife in this instance? Which one of your wives is it? Don't know. Whoever says yes first. Okay. <laughs> Any ideas? Yeah, I've, don't worry. Michael, you geek. You geek. You geek. Don't worry, I'm going to save your Major wedding. Major geek. Yeah. So Major geek, sorry. Major <laughs> geek. Um, so I'm going to save your wedding, Michael. Option one, you throw a Pokeball at your spouse. and uh, Spouse to be, sorry. And maybe it has a, a ring in it. That's one. That's one option. Well, that'd be good for the proposal. Yeah. If yeah. you had a Pokeball. Just as hard. Ha- I honestly, choose you. Yeah. As hard oh. as you can. You really need to like de- the 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 impact. If they're not bruised, you didn't do it. You hard didn't. Enough. You don't love them enough. Like the 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 impact is directly correlated to how much you care about them. Mm. So you're really gonna want to throw this thing as hard as you can. Uh, and then and then if if they if you miss, then you're gonna tough luck. You can't marry them. That's it. You've missed your opportunity. They they run away into the woods and then yeah. you never see them again. Into the tall yeah. grass. So gone. that's one option. Another option. Build a big set. 
where there's a giant controller with buttons you can press, and when the time comes, you have to press X to say, I do. There's another option. To pay respects. Mm. Well, you, yes, you do that in the graveyard first, yeah. and then yeah. you come in to the church, and there's a big controller, and you press X, and, and it say, I do. But don't press square for doubt. No, no. And don't take too long because the timer will run down and it will say spouse to be will remember this. Yeah. And that's it. You know, you, you or if you it. fail the QTE, your spouse just says, I'm going to die. <laughs> and then the, <laughs> and then the whole church explodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, option three. And this is not necessarily one I would recommend, but it will start you on a, a life changing journey is right at the end of the service. Sephiroth crashes through the stained glass oh, window no. and impales your wedding friend on a big sword and you have to carry their body to a nearby lake and let them slowly disappear beneath the surface, swearing revenge on Sephiroth and vowing to save the planet. Is that a Final Fantasy VII spoiler? It's yeah. not a spoiler. It's been out for 30 years. Yeah, but okay, but not everyone's played it. I already know what happens. You didn't have to tell me exactly how. But, what? Well, I already know what, you're, I know what you're talking about now. What? Oh, no. I just asked you if it was a spoiler from Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. And it, it is. It's what happens in Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, but I didn't know that. Seven. Well, That's he, before he I was born. You didn't know I that. Didn't, I, to be fair, I thought there's no way Ashton Matthews doesn't know this very, very <laughs> famous know. moment from one of the most famous games of all time that is over 20 years old. I ignore things if I haven't played them because I don't, maybe I'll play it eventually. Well, you and will like, play it And the game is still coming out now. The, well... All I'm saying is maybe don't go to Michael's wedding then because this could happen. It could. Are yeah. you genuinely cross? Not much. I'm fine. Good. Because I want to make sure because Kieran also expressed concerns that you didn't know this spoiler. Because sometimes he had, people, because sometimes he's had exactly people the don't same issue. know Wait, things. This all right? specific, so this has happened before? Yeah. Quite recently. So you did already know it just now when yeah, Ben's she was just trying I to didn't make know feel that. I didn't know how it happened. Oh, right. Okay. I've tried Kieran to ignore it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We were walking back from he work once and Kieran said, Kieran said, did you know that Ashton doesn't know what happens in Final Fantasy VII? I was like, what? Like, yeah, like I said, like this very famous moment from this very famous game. And she reacted like she'd be <laughs> like someone know. had kicked her dog. Or something. <laughs> I didn't know. Well, either way, that's taken the wind out of myself now, Ashton. So thank you for that. Yeah, but cool. Michael, Sephiroth can kill your wedding friend. That's fine. Michael, I hope those options help. And Ashton, play Final Fantasy VII. I don't want to play the old version because it's too long. I watched Ben play it and it went on for months. You didn't watch that bit? No, he kept telling me to leave the room when something was happening. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, in the remake, there's a chance that bit may not even be. Yeah. yeah, they might change it. Know. Yeah. We don't know. Look, but that so, does happen. People don't know things like that. That's okay. In the very old game. Anyway, Michael, um, best of luck, and I hope you're married. Major geek. Flipping geek. It's time to move on to something a bit strange. Yeah. Even stranger than Ashton not knowing about that that thing that happened. I don't even want to call it a spoiler. It's the thing that happens in that game. It's weird news. Weird news. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's weird news time, time for some weird video game news. Remember, if you want to submit some weird video game news to us, you can do on the relevant post that goes up on Twitter and Facebook on a Tuesday. However, if you want to guarantee a shout out at this moment in the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, support us as a tier and become a what, Ashton? A podcast producer, just like... Just like Nathan. And G.Y. Goliath. And Nexus Polaris. And Duncan Wilson. And Blake Thomas. And Ellie Nicholas. And Nicole Hansen. And Melody Elbonet. And Katie Garrett. And Gabrielle Philippink. Thank, Thank you, podcast, podcast producers. producers. I'd like to say that I've just realised this week that I've segregated the gang by gender. Yeah, you have uh, actually, haven't you? By un- assumed gender. Yeah, unassumed gender, gender yeah. that's true. Um, but that's just because it's in like a, a f- what's it called? It's in two a table, and that's just how it c- goes on Patreon. And I didn't, I didn't think about that until just now. Yeah. You're going to jumble them. Are they not always in the same order anyway? I yeah. feel like I say Katie Garrett so slash Jared's name every yeah, single I week. Yeah, I think I always say the same. I can names. mix it up. Well, I don't keep know how. I, on their toes. I might freak out. I, might I want to keep the ones on. I have because I don't have to say Katie Garrett or Jared or um, Melody L. Melody L. Bonnet. No, it's not that one. There's another one that I don't know. Uh, I don't know, Chief. No, it's mainly Katie, Katie Garrett slash Jared. Yeah, yeah, we've never... She's definitely... <laughs> she must have corrected us at some point. I just assume it's Garrett because I don't believe that that's the spelling of a Jared. I check every week to make sure. And Katie's not in to see and if she's, she's ne- she's never corrected. Katie. Katie, please. Katie. In the next podcast post that goes out on, a, on Monday, can you please tell us, is it a hard G? Maybe she doesn't is want it GIF to or GIF? listen to the podcast. Some people don't. Anyway, thank you, podcast producers. We love you. It would be nice to get some... Uh, it, actually, I kind of don't want to know. <laughs> I like the mystery. Yeah, maybe. I'd be kind of sad if we ever found I'm out. I'm most surprised by Ashton's insistence that it is Bonnet and not Bonnet. Yeah, it Bonnet. looks, it's it looks French. It is, yeah. But Bonnet would be... E, just E.T. E.T. Oh, I don't know. Hey, no one's ever corrected me no, either. No, you're right. So... I like it. I think it sounds good, Melody Elbonet. I think that sounds cool. And and if it's Bonnet, it Bonnet. doesn't sound cool. Not as cool. <laughs> change your name. Change? Thank you so much for <laughs> your you support. Thank producers. you, podcast producers. That's not what you pay for, to be just... Roasted. Like that. Yeah. Um, hey, Peter, have got you picked out news? some weird news for us? Yeah, I've got some weird news that was submitted to us by uh, via Twitter by Robert Rochelle at triple R-R-R-A-E-W. So is that... Triple is that nine R's and... Yeah, triple <laughs> R-R-R. Yeah, nine R's, A-E-W. Okay, brilliant. It's from Push Square, 
Random. 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 Didn't realize they said random. It's all of them. Mm. Well, all, I know it's all, all the them. same company, but I thought it was all only those Nintendo guys. who mm. said it. Uh, PS5 controller now being used to conceive kids. Brilliant. About time. So you suggested doing it for weddings. Bloody geeks. A big yeah. controller. Geeks. Now you can do it to have actual major geek you children. you got yeah, to make a baby. If the major geeks have children, there'll be more geeks. Yeah, we Ugh. don't want that. We can't have that. No, thanks. Uh, and then the little subheading. Talk about a back-of-the-box quote. What? Don't see the relevance of that. This is by Kale <laughs> Adam. Um, yeah, push square. So, a quote, sperm injecting robot, end quote. Good. Has successfully... Glad you said that loud for <laughs> yeah. everyone to hear. <laughs> it's hyperlinked as well. I don't know where that's going to take me. Does uh, it have a name, okay. like a human name? Uh, not, not... It's called Sir, I know. sperm injecting robot. Sir. Sir. Sir, may I... No, no. <laughs> the hyperlink just goes to a, a, a website about, like, IVF sperm. and stuff. But, oh, okay. okay. Not tell us, but I want to know about the robot. Mm. A sperm-injecting robot, sir, sir, has successfully fertilized human eggs with the operator using a PS5 controller to steer a small mechanized needle during in vitro fertilization, IVF procedures. Two healthy babies have thus far been born, making them the first human beings in history to have been born after fertilization through use of automated technology. Wow. Developed by Spanish startup Overture Spermish. Life. Spermish startup Overture Life. <laughs> oh. The feat was achieved when one of fetus. the sorry, I'll stop. The fetus was achieved when one of the engineers, with no real experience in fertility medicine, it says <laughs> what? And that's a quote. He's just tinkering in his shed. Yeah. One of the engineers, with no real experience in fertility medicine, used a Sony PlayStation Five controller to position a robotic needle. Eyeing a human egg through a camera, it then moved forward on its own, penetrating the egg and dropping off a single sperm cell. Altogether, the robot was used to fertilize more than a dozen eggs. It's an unlikely feather in PlayStation's cap, says Push Square, but one we think Sony marketing and PR should capitalize on. No. (laughs) All jokes aside, IVF is an expensive, harrowing, and time-consuming endeavor, and anything that makes that process easier is pretty great uh, in our reckoning. Absolutely. Practice calling... Practice calling PlayStation Daddy in the comment section below. Great. Okay. Thank you, Bush Square. What a call to act. That might be the worst call to action they've ever done. Yeah, that is. It's pretty worse than most. That's for sure. Yeah, indeed. Thank you, Peter. You're welcome. I... News. Uh, From Karen J. Cude on Twitter. By Hope Bellingham at Games Radar. The best part of Star Wars Jedi Survivor is all the weird little guys in it, especially Mm. Turgil and Scuba. Respawn has not disappointed with its weird little guys. Are you familiar with the weird little guys? I've seen the the frog-faced man. Turgil. Turgil. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. When he runs, spectacular. Yeah. Star Wars Jedi Survivor is full of weird little guys, and they're one of the best things about the sequel. The day has finally come for Star Wars Jedi Survivor to release, and now that fans are getting reacquainted with Cal Kestis and BD-1, it's also time for them to meet a new host of other characters, many of which are just a bunch of weird little guys. Although pretty mild in terms of spoilers, we will be talking some. I'm going to cut any spoilers out. Okay, Um, good. 
Star Wars fans are probably no strangers to weird little guys as fans have affectionately named them. Over the years, we've seen the likes of ba- Babu Frick, Watto, Yoda, plus many more. And the good, the good news is developer Respawn made sure there are plenty in Star Wars Jedi Survivor. One of the little guys that's been getting a lot of attention is Turgle, a frog-like individual with whom Cal frequently interacts. Love him or hate him, it's clear Turgle has made an impression on Star Wars Jedi Survivor fans. And people, there's a couple of tweets. One says, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is game of the year just because of Turgle. One of my favorite things about Star Wars is what we like to call the weird little guy effect. I'm pleased to report Jedi Survivor has some of the best weird little guys ever. This is Scoover Steve, a small crustacean alien that talks like a dwarf from Lord of the Rings. Um, what, just Scottish? Yeah. yeah. Right. He's a bit much. Yeah, he is a lot. Jedi, and then someone else says, Jedi Survivor, petable bogglings are plentiful on the planet and uh, they just love weird little guys. Yeah. So there are some phenomenal There are some guys. real weird little guys. Um, yeah. So that's why people really like Jedi Survivor. Because that's the only, all, to be fair, that's the only reason I the like The weird reason. little guys. Just, just so many of them. Yep. 100%. So. My weird news. Thank you, Ashton. That's okay. You, Ashton. My weird news comes from Ash Holly at Shiny Ash on Twitter. Thank you, Ash. Uh, and this weird news comes from Forbes and Paul Tarsi. Uh, and the title is Nine Million People Have Watched the Full Super Mario Bros. Movie, Super Mario Bros. Movie Illegally Posted on Twitter. I saw this tweet. Right. But you didn't watch it, did you? I clicked through it to see if it was actually the Mario movie. So I probably am one of those nine million. So you broke the law. She's she's here. We got him. Officers. The guy then posted another film afterwards, I think. He was like, see, you all enjoyed Mario. Anyway, here's Morbius or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> if you were wondering what getting rid of the vast majority of Twitter staff, including moderators, might do to the site, here's one bit of anarchy for you. After attempting something similar a few days ago, the account Vids That Go Hard, with 1.1 million followers, has posted the entirety of the Super Mario Bros. movie, yes, the one that's still in theaters and just crossed $1 billion at the box office illegally, to Twitter. Update, it appears Twitter finally woke up and deleted the video. Uh, but the vids account does not seem to have been punished in any capacity. <laughs> right. And not before 9 million people had watched it. No. The movie is indeed the full length uploaded in two parts. The I didn't realise you could post videos I think if you've long. got Twitter blue, Yeah, they're unlimited wow. length now. That's stupid. Yeah. Uh, the aspect ratio is a bit messed up, but the overall quality is pretty high. This is possible not only because Twitter mods appear to be asleep at the wheel at the time of this writing, this has been up for seven hours, but because a Twitter Blue subscription now allows you to upload hour-long videos in high quality, which makes the piracy shown here much, much easier. The Super Mario Bros. movie Rip posted here has racked up 9 million views in those seven hours it's been online and racking up almost 200,000 new views every few minutes. Obviously, I don't think this is exactly hurting the box office of the film, which is one of the highest grossing movies of the year, and double any other video game movie's revenue already, but it's more about the weirdness that Twitter has become when it's (laughs) understaffed and offering blue subscribers tools without really thinking them through. It goes on. But uh, there we are. And there's no way that um, 9 million people have sat and watched the entire movie. Like a lot of that will just be people scrolling or seeing yeah, that it's happening. Playing. Yeah, and they'll be like, oh, okay, look. Oh, it really is the whole thing. Okay, and then moving on. But yeah. still, it's That's, uh, not good. It's nuts. And I would like to think that uh, considering how litigious Nintendo are mm-hmm. and can be, Elon Musk's Twitter will be slapped with a hefty, 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 hefty fine You'd and hope so. punishment. So. Elon Musk has to give him 30% of his income for the rest of his life. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, that seems appropriate, doesn't yeah. it? I like that. Well, there we are. That's weird news. It's time to move on to the big discussion. Oh. 
Big discussion time, time for the big video game discussion that this week comes courtesy of Stephen Skodes. Thank you, Stephen. Hi, Bap. Redfall has been released and its reception hasn't been stellar to say the least. I was watching a video from IGN yesterday and they were talking about how Xbox can't afford a failure for an Xbox exclusive. Do you agree with that statement? What are your thoughts of what can be determined as, as a success or failure for a console exclusive game? Have a great day. Thanks, Stevie. I went, uh, so yesterday I posted a community post asking what people thought about Redfall mm. um, before we got this question and just wanted to just, like gauge things. And I posted it on YouTube so I knew that the vibes were going to be off. Yeah. Yes. Because the if there's one thing I can confirm YouTube about YouTube, the vibes are always off. Mm. Um, but I got a couple like things that I thought were kind of people talking about their opinions of mm -hmm. of Microsoft. Because my opinion is that they can afford it monetarily, but their reputation isn't necessarily doing its best That's at exactly the moment. exactly what I've written. Yeah, finance um, versus reputation. <laughs> yeah. Um, so someone said, Game Pass is ruining all of their exclusives. The quality has fallen off a cliff. There was a bit of discussion about whether it was Microsoft's fault because they're not technically the publisher or the developer. It's mm. Bethesda and Arcane. And someone said... Right, it's just a coincidence every time they take control of a franchise or buy a developer, they turn them to plots. Um, and they, someone said that they blamed Microsoft's hands-off approach. Managing the devs isn't working. It's probably the reason all their games and studios are broken. Sony make their studios check in and send producers out to check milestones for whatever game they're working on. This is 100% Microsoft's problem, not the dev. They can't manage the way... That their way out of a wet paper bag. Uncle Phil has some good ideas, but he's sucking at managing them. So there was like a general vibe on the right. YouTube community post that it's it's very much Microsoft's fault that this is happening with Redfall. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's what I just... Mm. That, is, that is very, very in keeping with the general sentiment of the reaction in the past few days. What what did Redfall get on Metacritic again? Uh, 64, I think. See, something. that's yeah. just... That's just unacceptable for yeah. a, for mm. a big exclusive, isn't it? And like, regardless of of whether you play on Xbox or not, like that is that's hugely disappointing. And we obviously already talked about it earlier in review corner, but there is clearly a a bigger issue here that that will have more of a ripple effect. What do you think, Peter? Well, I mean, I agree that financially they can afford it probably to to just die on its ass if that's what it does. But re reputationally, if that's a word, yeah, that's where the the problems arise. Um, the fact that they've got like that, that Game Pass exists means that they must factor in at least to a certain extent that they're not these games that they're putting onto Game Pass aren't there to make huge amounts of money in sales, or at least they're hoping that it will perhaps just encourage more and more people to go to Game Pass. So it'll be interesting to see how even with exclusives or particularly with exclusives, how that actually factors into their kind of financial plans. Do they think like, oh, we've got to hope that people buy this and that, you know, it flies off the shelves? Or are they thinking, we just want to keep bolstering Game Pass, make it more worthwhile, more and more people will, will sign up for it, and maybe we can even increase the price of Game Pass eventually if we have some good exclusives on there. Um, I don't know. It's difficult unless you're literally talking to Uncle Phil and asking him, mm. you know, how does this factor in? Um, but... Uh, ultimately, I think even, even though it's weird, financially they can afford it and, and with the reputation it, it, is, it is damaging. Um, but I think that commercial success trumps critical success when you're running a business. So 
if you have a... There have been various games over the past few years that have um, perhaps been like completely slammed for their quality, but thanks partly to things like pre-orders um, and also people who just maybe want to focus on one particular game, they've done very well regardless. You look at something like Hogwarts Legacy seems to have probably sold reasonably well in, in its first couple of weeks. Cyberpunk. Uh, Cyberpunk, mm-hmm. uh, various games by Activision Blizzard, which perhaps could one day be under Microsoft uh, uh, if it if things change. Um you know, uh, Activision doesn't have a great reputation and uh, there's a, a lot of negative discourse around there, but their games continue to do well. So uh, I don't know. It's it's funny, like the way the, these things go. It's like Microsoft can afford for this to not sell well, but actually, ultimately, when you're running a business, that's the one thing that you do want to do well. It doesn't matter if everyone, if all the critics are saying this is bad, if you're making money from it. Um, so... It's it's tricky for them, and I'll be very interested to see how they react to this. Um, you know, there are those showcases coming up, and we were talking in the office the other day about like, are they going to like go for the nuclear option and start talking about Elder Scrolls or something just to try and like drum up a bit more interest again in Microsoft and, and a bit more faith in their product? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Mm. I I do think that apart from Game Pass they are in some ways losing the console war between the new Xboxes and the PlayStation 5 because PlayStation 5 launches, admittedly, they have had bugs, but they have been objectively better games. For example, God of War and Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah, okay, Horizon did have bugs when it released, but nowhere near as bad as what they've had with Redfall. And also it had a much better reception. It was very much up there with the top kind of dogs of the year. So I do think if we're going by like what's recently come out for both of these consoles, that on paper, PlayStation are winning this console generation in terms of quality of their games. And I think that if Starfield comes out and is bad and does not live up to the expectations that they have set for themselves that it will be not the final nail in the coffin, but another nail in the coffin of Mm. this generation. Because Starfield right now is the only thing that they've got on the horizon that people are excited about that can, I believe, make or break the reputation of them at this moment. I think that like Redfall came out, it wasn't a huge release. It was only recently announced. Well, it wasn't only recently announced, but we recently got a lot of stuff about it in more recent kind of uh, drops. But Starfield, I feel like is what they're banking on this year. Like it's the only thing that they've kind of like pushed and pushed and pushed because of how ginormous this game is going to be. And I do think that if if Starfield flops, I think it's going to be a real kick in the teeth for Xbox and for Xbox players and Bethesda as well. because they've just there's just nothing about Xbox at the moment that is appealing to the vast majority of players. If you've got a PlayStation 5, I can't see many people going, I'm going to buy an Xbox and play Xbox exclusives because there's just not enough. Apart from Game Pass, I just there's nothing there. Game it, Pass is just like essentially propping them up at this point. Yeah. Well, not again, not financially. They're not mm. actually in trouble no, here, but, but yeah, in terms of appeal and yes, reputation. Exactly. I yeah. I agree. And I do think it's like I don't think endemic is the right word, but like 
maybe an epidemic with games at the moment that come out half-baked and don't work however these games are coming from individual studios like okay Jedi Survivor is buggy as but is coming from EA so we can be annoyed at EA and Respawn but when you've got something like Microsoft that is so over like encompassing of so many things and so many of what their projects are coming out and being bad if that was one studio doing that that they'd have gone they'd have lost their reputation no one would want to buy their games anymore but because they're like this overarching big dog this like cloud this like gray cloud that's over everyone they still keep getting away with these games coming out being bad and we don't know what the reason is if it's them mismanaging if it's them pushing out to release or if it's the devs themselves just not you know producing good games but i find it hard to put the blame on arcane given what they've released in the past Mm, so it's a surprise yeah i i just think that they need starfield to be good or or they might People have a very plops year. Yeah. Again. We're in sort of uncharted territory at the moment because on any other platform, if a first party game came out and it reviewed as poorly as Redfall did, that series would be dead, that studio would be in jeopardy, it wouldn't sell many copies. Mm-hmm. And and that would be a, a huge disaster for the the platform holder. However, because it's going on Game Pass and they're not trying to sell it. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different kettle of fish here. And like you guys have said, they can they can financially afford to take this hit, no problem whatsoever. Like, mm-hmm. this, this, just shrug it off and, and keep going. But I don't know how this is going to affect, like, people's interest in subscribing to Game Pass because people subscribe to Game Pass for more than just exclusives. There's mm-hmm. lots of great mm-hmm. third-party titles on there and there's stuff added every single month. Like this. Some of the indie stuff that they put out on Game Pass is objectively better than their, like, first party big releases like Ravenlock for example comes out today at time Mm. of recording and is objectively so much more interesting looking than than Redfall and has got like none of the hype from Xbox obviously it's going on other consoles as well so they haven't advertised it as much but you look at something like that and it's like why is this not being talked about more when it looks good and given it's an indie studio will probably run better because they have to be better yeah the value proposition offered by Game Pass is unbelievable, and that's always going to attract people and not necessarily repel anyone. But it is a it is a reputation thing, really. At the, at this point, as you guys have said, like if you like Halo Infinite didn't have staying power. I really enjoyed it, and a lot of people did. It was one of my games of the year for that year, but it wasn't what people were hoping for. Neither was Halo. Uh, Halo was there a Halo Five before then? It was the it was I can't remember if that was the third part of their trilogy. Was it Halo yeah, Four and then f- into that? I can't remember. No, yeah, I think Five. There was and so, then Infinite. Yeah, so there was there was four, five, and Infinite developed yeah. by three, four, three. I want to say. I'll find out. But yeah. Um, and and that's not quite hit as as people wanted. Gears Four and Five developed by the Coalition after Epic Games left. That's not hit the way that people necessarily wanted it to they're still really good games and really enjoyable and they've got their audience, but it doesn't feel like these exclusives are held in the same prestige that they used to be. Yeah, it was Halo 5 Guardians and then Halo. Right, okay. I thought it was, but I got confused with Gears of War then. I was a bit worried about... um mislabeling them but yeah there's there's been like it hi-fi rush sort of came out of nowhere mm. and that's yeah. going to be the thing that everyone's going to hold up and say look the you you can publish great exclusives it it does happen these games do exist and game pass will always be attractive because it's such good value however 
when you're releasing these games one after another and they've they're they're either not very good, don't live up to the hype, or they're just broken, people are going to start asking questions and people are going to lose faith, and that that's just that's no good. You're you're not going to want that. Do you yeah. think that? Because a lot of these studios are owned by Microsoft and because Game Pass is there, do you think that they there's this kind of culture of having a safety net of the game doesn't have to sell well, it's going on Game Pass, so if we release it, we can just fix it later because we don't necessarily need it to sell well because people will download it and play it on Game Pass. Do you think that they're using this platform that they've got as a bit of a safety net because that's kind of what it feels a little mm. bit well, the, like. the safety net's there. That's that's undeniable. But mm. I don't think anyone involved in any of these games wants to release. Like, no, no, I don't one, think no they want to. No one Arcane wanted Redfall to come out the way it did because, you know, Game Pass would, would catch I, it as such. I would think more of as like, the you know, the big dog in charge, mm. the, the CEO or like the person who's calling all the shots that's yeah. disconnected yeah. from the actual game itself. I would never think that your average developer would be like, it's fine to go out like that. that. Yeah. But I think that like... No, that that like occurred to me. I did wonder whether, like to what extent, uh, you know, in, in the... So we've seen other games in the lead up to release, even like weeks before release, suddenly put out a statement saying, okay, we're actually going to push this back by a few months. Really sorry. We want to make sure it's like perfect. Mm -hmm. And maybe there is an element of like the Game Pass safety net that, might stop them from doing that at least. So yeah, they, they might not be like super happy with how it is, but they might think, well, we probably don't really have to push it because it's going on Game Pass anyway, sort of thing. I, possibly. There might be, it might factor into their decision-making process. It's, it, again, it's this uncharted territory we find that like Game Pass yeah. is the, the mystery factor here in terms of decision-making, in terms of how this is all going to shake out in the end when the dust settles. But regardless, you've got a big tentpole exclusive release from a studio people love that scored in the 60s on Metacritic and, and yeah. barely runs and people are clowning on it and joking about it on social media. It's a it's a really bad look. And maybe this doesn't extend beyond the core gaming audience that we talk about quite often. Yeah. Like the, the vast majority of people may not ever know or ever care or even know what Redfall is and it doesn't affect their, their purchasing decisions in the slightest. But... Xbox are very rapidly entering territory where their game, their exclusive first-party games that go on Game Pass are not viewed as tentpole releases that are must-play, must-subscribe, must-own console mm -hmm. for uh, video games. They're viewed as sort of like a throwaway, give-it-a-go-over-the-weekend kind of thing. And yeah. if you don't like it, play it for a couple of hours and turn it off and that's it. Like That's not how you want your big games to be viewed. I don't think it's Game Pass's fault that that's happened, but that's the state that these games have been coming out in. And we're not just saying that as Sony fans because, I mean, partly you guys have got Xboxes anyway, mm. and but but also you could say the same about Nintendo. They, you know, perhaps fewer and far further between, but, uh, you know, Zelda, for example, is probably going to be a must-play, must-have game for anyone who's into that. So it's not just Sony who are doing the exclusives right. No. Um, it's Nintendo well, the as well. La the last to be to to be fair as well, The Last of Us on PC has been a complete disaster. Oh, that's yeah. that's a, yeah. that's one uh, that that definitely needs to be highlighted because that's unacceptable. Well, that's what I mean. Too. It's this thing of like recently, it feels like every single game is yeah. coming out broken, and that's we'll just fix it so mad. Like it makes me fuming outside of just Xbox of that like longevity of these games and the replayability in twenty what's years the point? time. 
of yeah. the of having these next gen consoles where it's all about the 60 frames and it's all about the 4K and half the games can't even half the yeah the half the games can't even bloody do them yeah. because they either don't work or they just don't support like 30 frames per second for Redfall is shocking on a next gen console and I don't believe that that's because that they're having to work backwards for older consoles I don't believe that that's the reason these games are coming out they FPS I just think it's just they're not being given enough time yeah. to be polished and fixed. It's a real shame. We we spoke a, a while ago, actually. It might have been before you started, but it's a it's a regular conversation that happens in regards to Game Pass, where Microsoft has acquired all these studios, and that's very exciting because they've got this Game Pass model. And if they line it up correctly, they could have a tentpole or otherwise, you know, first party exclusive game releasing potentially every like six months or at least every year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. And They've when these tried games, to make it happen. And when these games have come out, they haven't hit the mark. Yeah. And, and that apart from Hi-Fi Rush, which, which was a shadow drop that no one was expecting, yeah. almost as if they potentially didn't have a great deal of faith yeah. in it to begin with, mm. uh, which is, I feel like I'm saying it's a shame a lot, but it is such a shame because Game Pass is fantastic. The Xbox is excellent. They got these amazing studios. And why are these games not hitting? It could be for those reasons that you mentioned, Ashton, that you pulled from uh, from the from the YouTube post. It could be something else entirely. But regardless, there is a huge amount of pressure on Starfield, like yeah. so much pressure. And I think we all know exactly what Starfield is going to be, mm. which is a Todd Howard game, which is going to be really fun. And a lot of people are going to bounce off it, but it's going to have bugs. Yeah. And it's going to play exactly like an Elder Scrolls or a Fallout game that Bethesda have made. And that's absolutely fine. It is... I feel like being put into a position where it needs to be this flawless game. And yeah. th those are expectations that it will not meet because it cannot meet that. And it, it shouldn't need to meet that. Mm. But it's almost been backed into a corner by the growing anti-Xbox sentiment that's been going on since Redfall came out. And also because Redfall was a bit of a disaster and yeah. some of the other games yeah. before that. Like well. you said, Ashton, it, it, it's a bit kind of... Again, not quite make or break for Microsoft as a whole, but it is kind of, yeah, they're, they're now having to pin a lot more hopes on it uh, that, than they would have had, uh, had to do if Redfall had been more of a success. Well, we made a joke when they announced that they were doing this showcase in June, like you made it saying, are they just doing this because Redfall yeah. is a pile of trash and they need to avert attention to something else? Like, yeah. obviously there might be some games in there that will be like, oh, that's exciting. Can't wait for that to come out. But they're not probably going to come out this year. So yeah, we this, have to kind of, yeah. Showcase was probably already planned for this yeah. time. But certainly the timing of the announcement was curious. Mm. Like, mm. oh my God, battle stations, everyone. <laughs> Quickly, the, the, the social media is on fire. We need to announce this big. So they've got this big showcase coming up and then they're immediately going into a Starfield showcase. Starfield, though, I think I'd be surprised if Starfield is bad. I mm. don't think it's going to be a world beater. Uh, but it's it's... It's not going to be. I would be shocked if it was like a Redfall. It's There's, not. I don't think. I don't think it can. It's it not going to be bad. There is a risk though with Starfield. It is easy to say it's probably just going to be an Elder Scrolls or a Fallout. You know, we we know what to expect from Todd there, and that is true. In that, you know, I think mechanically it will probably play a lot like that. But the one difference is it's allegedly got a thousand planets, mm -hmm. right? And it, and with that factor thrown in there, that could make it a lot worse or potentially a lot better if that's been like pulled off really well surprisingly well then mm. there might be all this content to go at which could be fantastic or as the i think a lot of people are looking at it cynically rightly so uh it 
it might just be loads and loads of badly created, procedurally generated, desolate worlds. No Man's Sky. Yeah, Yeah, No Man's Sky, yeah. I just, it would be nice to see an Xbox Xbox exclusive in the top five list of games of the year. I want a Halo game that's incredible. I want a Gears 6 that like nobody, like everyone's talking about. I want people to have, Xbox players have the opportunity to vote on something at the Game of the Year Awards and be able to be like, I played that on Xbox. And it worked great and it was good. Because yeah. I don't remember the last time that they were in the top, like, voting, votable things in... Yeah. Horizon, I feel like, uh, sorry, a Forza is in there mm. often, but That's never true. in Game of the Year category. It's yeah. always in, like, racing and, yeah. and sort of kept away from stuff. Uh, Starfield's going to be potentially suffer as well because of this sentiment that's going on at the moment. It's going to... It may not even be reviewed or, or even viewed by players... Uh, particularly objectively it might be that it's under so much additional scrutiny Mm. that every little thing that might otherwise be a footnote in a review is massively oh there's microsoft Mm -hmm. that's them that's what they do microsoft like that that could be something that they now have to deal with as well well and if the activision purchase goes through i know we're talking about this a lot (laughs) it's just as well we drop question three yeah but uh if microsoft essentially then end up with something like Call of Duty under their umbrella, you know, in their hands. If it's actually true that Microsoft are just so badly mismanaging these studios that they are the cause of some of these problems, then the the risk then is that like various other high quality or well-known or much loved uh, IPs are then going to be you know, on their watch. And mm-hmm. they, they might start ruining all this, like, other excellent stuff that people have loved over the years. Yeah. Hopefully it's not actually the case that just anything under Microsoft is now suddenly being badly managed and it's a curse to be... I mean, again, Hi-Fi Rush. You, there's, there's evidence there that they can produce good stuff. Yeah. Hmm. But, um, yeah, if if Microsoft is actually part of the cause here and that they're managing things really badly, God help anything, uh, you know... God help Warcraft or Call of Duty or Crash Bandicoot or you know mm. anything like that, assuming the purchase ever happens. Yeah. This June event is so important. It's June, isn't it? Yeah, is June 11th. It's, it's like the week after yeah. the uh, Summer Game Fest. Uh, it's on a Sunday, unfortunately, so we won't be able to live react to it because we, be, we won't be in the office or around. Uh, but we will, of course, cover it on the podcast as and when it comes out. I think it's safe to say that regardless of what you think of Starfield or regardless of what you think of Redfall, this conference needs to go big. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to go big, and Starfield mm-hmm. needs to put on a real show yeah. uh, in the in the showcase directly afterwards. But that's a little way away, and uh, you know we're in I think the eye of the hurricane at the moment. And this will settle down, and Redfall will be patched, and it will be improved. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, we want to know what you think. Let us know in the comments below, and. Uh, if you're playing Redfall, what what do you make of it? Like, are you enjoying it? Because I have seen a few people on Twitter who are persevering and really liking it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want to hear from you as well if, if you're one of those people. Peter, where can people find us on the internet? They can find us at youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. We stream on Twitch and we put videos on YouTube. Um, if you've got Amazon Prime, part of the bundle you are paying for already includes a Twitch sub and you can spend that on us at no extra cost and get all the usual benefits. When we're uh, streaming on Twitch, we're modded by Lobrotovich, Trailing Badger and Mr. Black. 
Um, we are also to be found at twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. Twitter for video and live stream announcements, legacy video content, and all, well, both, in fact, have all sorts of things on there. Um, highlights of the week and the weird news post and all sorts of things. Uh, TikTok.com forward slash at team triple jump for our TikToks that are put there by Ashton Matthews. And patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. You can go there and look at all the different tiers that we've got with various rewards attached to them and pick one that you like if you want to pick one at all. No pressure, but it would yes. be good if you would. We have a website, it's triplejump, spells jump, it's very clever. And if you'd like to join our Discord, go to triplejump.mup forward slash Discord and chat with our wonderful community. Over there, we're modded by Jack, Joe, Tori, and Hollowise. And if they tell you to do something, bloody well do it. I haven't heard any instances of weirdness so far this yeah. week, so... Good. Well done, everyone. Keep it like that. Well done, everyone. Um, if you would like to listen to the podcast in its audio forms, why not go to www.mup forward slash podcast. And to catch up on any of our live stream VODs, go to www.mup forward slash VODs. To book any of us three and James Jenkins on Cameo, go to www.mup forward slash Cameo. Maybe you've got a wedding coming up. Yeah. yeah. And you <laughs> want some geek. video games for your major geek friends. Uh, why not go to www.jumpshop.com to buy some sick and cool merch like this, like that. This is an old hoodie. I think like we that? do sell these now. Yeah, yeah but in a like. different color, I think. Yeah. Um, go to triplejumpshop.com and make sure you're following at triplejumpshop on Twitter for the latest merch announcements. Lovely stuff. Why not follow Peter and Ashton on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and at Scrambled Ashton and myself just on Twitter at Confused underscore Dude. We do lists every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday streams every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Thursday being the joint stream. Blaze it. Also on Twitch. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday being... Also on Twitch. Worst Games Ever is fortnightly, Friday for patrons of a certain tier, Sunday for everyone else. Weirdest Games is monthly, a week early for patrons. After Dark Podcast is fortnightly on Monday for patrons. The podcast is every Saturday, oh, close. <laughs> and we do shows all the bloody time. Come check them out. Why not leave a five-star review on your platform of choice? It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms, and mm. we'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Relatively quiet week for content yeah, it's a this quiet week. Weekend. By which I mean there's still five videos going out on the channel this week, but nothing uh, outside of our usual list and podcast lineup. Yeah. Mm -hmm. However, next week, Ashton. Yes, next week we have another main menu for mm. you. It's very exciting. It'll also be a worst games ever week next week. Um, so we're doubling up on the content. To give you, we're giving you a break. For the first yeah, week. Just, and then yeah. next week, we're coming in hard with some coming more content. In, coming in hard. It's Zelda um, week next it week. It is Zelda week next week. And we are making a meal from Breath of the Wild. And I would say one of the worst meals we've made since I've started. Yeah, yeah it was pretty uh, Pretty rancid. terrible. So mm. give that one a watch when it comes out next Friday. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Just enough time to talk about this week's sponsor once again. Remember, uh, with uh, Star Wars Day being a couple of days ago at the time of release, it's still Star Wars celebration time. If you're going out, getting drunk. No, with that some... was a little while ago, actually, Star Wars celebration. That's an actual official event. Yeah. So and I knew it that. as I said it, but <laughs> yeah. okay, with, it's okay, there's, there's still, still Star Wars event time. Celebrating. Celebra yeah. Star Wars celebrating. Uh, so if you're going out this week with your fellow geeks... Be careful and make sure you book a Star Wars Jedi cab driver uh, in association with Disney who care a lot about you getting, getting home, home safely yeah. after drinking alcohol. Yeah. Thank you so much for whistling slash lotchling, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Bye. 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 Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.